Hello and welcome back to Mad Get Radio, episode number 25. It's the ETC show part 2, post ETC. So, a little disclaimer before we get into the show. We recorded a big pre-ETC show, but because we had to actually go to ETC, we didn't get it out in time. So what we've decided to do is split the show into two halves. So we've got half the show, which you'll, you'll have heard by now, which is us before ETC, and this half, which is uh, after the event where we can reminisce about the highs and the lows. So, it only made sense to get our two illustrious guests back on from part one. And we have Matt, Big Game Hunter Paris. Say hi, Matt. Hey, guys. How you doing? And Kev, the legend Stonebanks. Hello. And as always, he's the Thelma to I... Oh, no. I forgot her name. Ah! <laughs> oh, my God. God, Thelma to Louise. God. <laughs> it's really the only bit of the show I have to do, and I fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? It's Paul. <laughs> the anticipation for this show's been building all day. Um, we're recording at like 8 o'clock, so we've been texting each other all day about this, because um, we hope it's going to be... Well, it'll be good fun for us. We hope it's good fun to listen to as well. Um, so just to give you a general overview, we're going to talk a bit about what Team Scotland did at the ETC. We'll talk a little bit about the ESC. We'll go over the, the team's results, and then we'll, we'll pick up on some of the threads. Uh, we're going to try and avoid a blow-by-blow account of the games, because we think it'll be far more interesting for you guys if we talk about just general takeaways and themes and stuff like that. And then we've got a little bonus bit at the end, which will be a fun little game, uh, which everyone can play along at home. (laughs) That's right, we're getting interactive. Welcome to the 21st century. So before we get all stuck in, is everyone doing okay? Everyone feeling good? Raring to go, mate. Raring to go, that's what we like. So the first topic of the show... Just got over the uh, post-ETC blues... (laughs) Uh, that lasted about Well, months. this is a real thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <Definitely>. Yeah. <laughs> so the first topic of the show um, is just the the general travelling to ETC and the adventures that we got up to. So um, does anyone have any stories about getting to the, the actual the place, Serbia? Well, we started, didn't we, Kev? We taxied to Manchester Airport at about, what, it was about half three in the morning. Yeah, it? pretty yeah, early. Uh, and we got, we got, we were like ludicrously quick through uh, check-in, and then we obviously just went straight upstairs to the bar, which looked like <laughs> it looked like there'd been a, the gunfight at the OK Corral in there. <laughs> it was four o'clock in the morning, and they were queuing. Were they, weren't they not, Kev? Twenty deep at the bar. Oh, it's a bigger <laughs> queue for the bar than it was for security. Jesus, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So obviously we did the only sensible thing and bought multiple pints. So we yeah. sat there at four o'clock in the morning with six pints of strong I had no idea this happened. I'm very impressed yeah. about what happens <laughs> later because of that. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, so it was a great start from us, wasn't it? It was. Nice early start, but yeah, we made it and we got to Serbia all right. Good. But was, we were we were very concerned, weren't we, about the connecting flight because they had about a twenty minute layover in Munich. Uh, it was and really we were tight. A bit late. Yeah, it was super tight, but of course, German efficiency, yeah. no problem yeah. at all. We were there with, with, with time to spare. And then, of course, we, we were sat on the on the plane from Munich down to down to Serbia. And, and uh, this massive bloke walked on carrying on a tray what was very clearly an ogre army. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Thomas from Germany who we oh, met nice. on the way. Yeah. So people started sort of joining us on our, on our odyssey to Serbia right from the word go. <laughs> cool. I mean, our journey was a little bit less exciting, actually, in comparison. Um, I was kind of, yeah, like, I got to the airport <laughs> first, and uh, you turned up, and then we were like, oh, Frazen, uh, 
Guillermo and Ed, they won't be far behind. And then, yeah, we got to the airport in plenty of time thinking, oh, we'll get through, we'll get situated, have a drink, chill out. Still waiting for them at the gates. Yeah. Nobody's turning up. Where the fuck are they? Starting getting a little bit worried, like, oh, for fuck's sake, they're not, they're going to miss the flight. We've got their tickets. We're going to have to get on the flight. Gonna <laughs> We're going to have to play ATC by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and then they turned up and it turned out they were late because Fraz got molested by a moth in the shower, basically. <laughs> oh, I forgot that was the actual reason. That's so that was That was the genuine reason. That's why he was late, because he was having a shower and according to him, a big fuck-off moth attacked him and somehow made him half an hour late or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, apparently it carried him around the bathroom for about 20 minutes while he didn't get off, did it? <laughs> yeah, there was lots of jokes about him coming home after ETC and the moth still being there, like, wearing all his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Telling him that it's his, he's his bitch now. He did make a point of saying it's fine, I'm locked in the bathroom. It won't get out, was it? Mm, yeah, forgetting that it's got wings and the windows open. <laughs> So, uh, after, so when we got there, so yeah, we got after to, that, uh, we, we, yeah, so we landed in Belgrade. I think we were first through. We were the first ones there. I wasn't. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. Yeah. So obviously we found the bar. Uh, and, it's a pretty uh, small airport. It wasn't difficult. Yeah, no, it wasn't huge. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and sort of sat at the beachhead, didn't we? And then the the lads started drifting in, and um, we kind of started as we carried on, really, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, no, no. everyone kind of filtered through and everyone was arriving. And as per usual, Tim had a horrendous flight. I don't think Tim's oh, yeah. ever ever travelled anywhere without issues. Um, Everything yeah. that could go wrong. Yes. Could go wrong. <laughs> Tim's just like a disaster magnet. But he was driving, wasn't he? So we had to wait for him as well. Yeah, he was one of the drivers. Um, <laughs> but everyone kind of filtered through. We were all sitting in the bar and we spent probably too much time in the bar. because it was we drank all the beer. We drank, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we had other beers, but the beer we were drinking, we literally, like, yeah. cleared out the fridge. Because I'm pretty sure someone went up to buy a round and we couldn't buy it anymore. We're like, oh, shit, we're going to have to buy something else. Yeah. And it wasn't until after, I, I don't know if this was the same for everyone else, but it wasn't until after we left, I kind of realized how expensive the airport bar was. Especially yeah, yeah like, it was insane, wasn't it? When yeah. we were drinking places, you know, other places, and it was like, you know, 200 dip dobs for a, for a pint. Whereas the 2,000 dip-dobs in the airport, you know, it was mental. I think it was because it was, like, prices you would expect here. So it was just kind of like, all right, fair enough. Yeah. And then later you'd be like, oh, fuck, I actually spent more money than I thought I was. Yeah. That was good They're fun. Quite good yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like 20 quid a round as opposed to, like, 3 quid a round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they had quite a good system. They actually had people at the airport from the ETC asking everyone yeah. if they had transport into town and stuff, which was yeah, really good. that was good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. Because um, then once everyone arrived, but we kind of filtered off, didn't we? Nah, no, so. no, no. <laughs> um, so we all got in the cars once Tim had arrived and got sorted, um, and then we made. It was about an hour, wasn't it, from Belgrade yeah. to the, yeah to Zagreb, and we got all settled in, and then that was really the beginning of the the holiday slash. Very serious ETCing. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Zagreb, mate. It was Novice Sad. But um, <laughs> oh shit, yeah, I'm going back in time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it took you lot so long to get there, wasn't it? Honestly, some real Back to the Future shit going on. Um, yeah, it was painting the yeah. tiny apartment, wasn't it as well? 
and his sat-nav just took us completely wrong places. Yeah, because yeah. they're all drives <laughs> for ages. Like a down a dark, definitely serial killer-esque street. Um, <laughs> but the the apartment itself was awesome. If, if anyone hasn't seen the, the photos on Twitter, go check them out, because we fucking nailed it this year. It was like a, a really nice villa with a pool overlooking the Danube. It was maybe about half an hour away from the venue, if that, maybe about yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes. And that yeah, was kind of yeah. base camp for the week, which worked out really, really well. So well, they're uh, having a fish out there, flies and Oh, yeah, like, the pool just attracted <laughs> flies. It was like... like That was after the first day, though. It was like, The first day, it was like, oh, this is, like, ideal. And then over the course of the week, it was like, has anyone noticed there's, like, more and more bugs <laughs> in this pool every fucking morning? It was like they were just suicide bombing themselves in. There's the big, massive moths as well, though, the size of seagulls that are just, like, drowned in the middle of the pool. <laughs> Frass was having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> so when we were in the Novosad, we did some team building. Again, this is all on uh, the Twitter if you want to go check out the photos. And we did go-karting. And this is really the, the major thing that we're all here to talk about because there was some controversy on the go-karting. <laughs> what was the controversy? Um, Kev's very butthurt that I may or may not have pushed him off the track. <laughs> is that may or may not? You did. <laughs> was that like as you guys were coming in at the, at the, on the second run? It was, yeah, the second round, yeah. third round. Yeah, I just rammed into him. Second corner, pretty much, just shoved me off. Nah, that's yeah. not what the steward's inquiry had to say. <laughs> the, 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 the real, the real, uh, the real issue was, was why I didn't qualify for the final. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, the, the one I, story... I was under the impression it was average speed, not fastest speed, so I took it nice and steady and didn't crash. Like a like a sensible driver, and, <laughs> and then when when the, when the finalists were announced, I wasn't in it. That's, let you in though. <laughs> not that I'm li- not that I'm livid or anything. <laughs> yeah, so the top performers from the go karting was I think Ed was the best, wasn't he? I think Ed he was, was pretty Ed. good. Fraz was pretty good. Kev, you were up there. Uh, Andrew, you were up there. I was definitely Tim, middle of the pack. Tim was in the last race. Yeah. Tim. On the second time round, just decided to give up on the race and decided to see how many corners he could go around with producing as much noise as possible. There's actually a video somewhere of him just like the, going the to the highest like squeal possible. That <laughs> you knew when Tim was behind you, you just hear the squealing. Yeah. <laughs> his detour was pretty impressive. I think that shaved about 15 seconds of his best lap. Yeah. So apparently, this might come as a surprise to some listeners, but health and safety really isn't a thing in Serbia. No, it's not. We had um, <laughs> racers cutting across the track. We had Guillermo take out half the track because he drove it straight into a wall. Now, he must have been going, <laughs> what, like 30 mile an hour? He just went straight into the wall. It's impressive. And then get out the go-kart and start walking about the track while people were stuck and driving around. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, the strap on my helmet wouldn't wouldn't fasten, and the guy was like, "Nah, well, bad helmet, crack on." <laughs> <laughs> I think the the best story though is um, Paul in the first first race. That was glorious for about three seconds. <laughs> so we'd all we'd all decided in the first race that we were all going to line up on the mark and do like a proper Mario Kart racing thing. So we all settle in, and Paul was the last one to file into the, the starting se- sections and uh, he just goes flying past us with his middle finger up all the way down until he gets to the first corner and absolutely cunts it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. that and he actually spun in such a way that he was looking at us as we drove past yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was good. And then 
it was like every time we went into that corner for like the first lap, <laughs> the first time we were out, it was just like a span off every fucking time. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if you account for that, my lap times were probably actually pretty good. Because I probably spent about 20 seconds <laughs> 20 getting, minutes, out, like. <laughs> getting out the fucking thing, and turning it around and pushing it back onto the fucking track. Oh, you I kept was... crashing because I uh, kept firing my red shell at you every time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, the brakes on that first car I was in were just non-fucking-existent to the point where I went out the second time, I was like paranoid, and then I was like, oh no, the brakes actually work. It was quite but concerning, the... the amount of rubber that was coming off the wheels as people were... Oh, it was like pinging off and hitting you in the arm and being yeah. like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's just a wheel. <laughs> no, it was it was a really good team building exercise actually because obviously I hadn't met most of these. You know, I, I don't think I'd I'd never met John before or never really sort of spoken to him before, and um, it, it was a really good icebreaker. And everyone, yeah, we were kind of relaxed after it. Actually, it was yeah, really cool, no, and, and we celebrated by going to Aldi. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> party hard. It was love. quite a good drive out actually. It was really surreal because it was just like you'd leave the city and it would just turn into like Soviet Russia. Yeah, of just people kicking about in really like banged up old fashioned like tractors from like the thirties. I mean, it's like cyclists weird. with big fucking like baskets on their front on the motorway. Children <laughs> <laughs> in the way. Yeah, there's like donkeys walking along the motorway. It's fun. It was insane, wasn't it? Yeah. It did take about an hour to get to the go kart, you know, didn't it? It was a long old yeah. way. I was we just thinking. About worried. Paul's description as just Soviet Russia was very flattering. I was thinking more like Deliverance. (laughs) (laughs) Chernobyl. And they're just selling watermelons everywhere. Yeah, watermelons are big in Serbia. So that was their... You never saw anyone buy one, though, did you? No one was buying them. (laughs) Yeah. So that was the team building, and everyone kind of got settled in, and we had a few nights just drinking. And then the real stuff happened. The reason why everyone's listening. ESC and ETC. So at this point, I want to just hand over to Matt and Kev uh, and basically just run us through, you know, what was uh, ESC like? Because it was quite good in the the post, uh, sorry, the pre-show where you you guys were talking and you were kind of saying that you had some kind of preconceived notions about ESC. So how did the, the event actually pan out? Okay, so I'm not going to lie to you, I was shitting myself. <laughs> the, the drive-in, I couldn't even enjoy the safari on the drive-in. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I know. We'll explain and, that uh, reference in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, preferably not when she's got back from the hairdresser. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, I, I mean, I, the venue, if, if you've never been to the ETC, the venue just knocks your socks off. I mean... You go into the place, and I mean, it, it's awe inspiring. It's like the Coliseum or, you know, the Grand Canyon or something. You know, you, you go to an event that's got 60 tables at it, and you think it's epic. And then you go into a venue where there's 400 tables, probably even more or something. I mean, yeah. it's just wow. So, obviously, you know, the, 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 we went in, um, and I was anticipating it being sort of a surgical precision sort of tournament with like, you know, everyone being super gamey and it absolutely wasn't like that at all. I totally missed the briefing to start with. I had no idea what was going on. Everyone was just like wandering around and and Henry just came over to me and said, oh, you're on table 23, mate. That was... (laughs) (laughs) So um, what was it it like for you, Kev, when you went in? It was... uh, I was bricking it when I was going down, definitely. Yeah? Just because, you know... These are this is a premiere event. 
it's not etc but you know this is still gonna have some of the best players in the world yeah. there so i was like i'm just gonna get smashed then this is gonna be abysmal so i went in pretty uh downtrodden but yeah it's just the venue's just crazy big just settled in after my first game got my jitters out of the way and uh yeah, then I was, I was all good after that, really. You know, I got a win in my first game against Henry, so that helped. And then, uh, yeah, it was all good. So how did the games themselves yeah. go? Do you want to give us, like, a quick overview of how they all went? Well, uh, you can see all my games. I'm writing them up on the forum for anyone who's interested in reading them in the blogs. There you go. Plug, plug. Plug, plug. Saxel Vicious. <laughs> you can read them there. So, game ones against Henry. I got a win, thanks to a very big Comet. Comets do what Comets do. There was no tactical genius. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because Henry was fucked. <laughs> uh, no, I think he was probably all right at that, that point. That was probably actually. one of the days he was actually quite sober. Yeah, but, he was yeah. all right. I think he, he got gradually worse as the week went on. <laughs> <laughs> but I think he played yeah. better when he was drunk so and hungover. So maybe that's where he went wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah first, first up, I got, the, uh, I got an Argentinian who, 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 by his own admission, had never been to Argentina. <laughs> I uh, called it Stannis, who I think you know, oh, Andrew. Stannis is a legend. Much love for Stannis. Yeah. Uh, and do you know what? I was, I was, as I said, I was, I was proper nervous about it. But what a gent! I mean, obviously he was much better than me, and obviously he battered me. But he did so in such an elegant way. <laughs> I'd, I'd promised myself, I'd promised myself, I wouldn't start drinking till lunchtime. And I sat down with him, and he was such a nice bloke. And uh, and he sort of said, you know, look, this is my army warriors he was playing. And um, and, and he sort of said, sent it out. And he said, do you want a beer? And I was like, well, it's only nine o'clock, and I swore I wouldn't drink till after lunch. He's like, oh, come on. And I was like, all right, then. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I've got the breaking straight of a Kit Kat. Uh, and I had a great game with him. Uh, obviously, like I said, he won. Uh, I had a real chance to, to, to win. I, I, needed, I needed an 11 on a massive charge of my demis uh, to get in on his Feldrax. And if I'd have got in, uh, I, I would have gone through his army. And, and he said that as well, to be fair to him. But uh, I didn't, and uh, he turned around and smashed me. So there you go. So I went down 20-0. And I think you went in 20-0, didn't you, Kev? I uh, was 16. I was 16-4. So I was beating Matt. So that was good, you know. <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah, but the issue is now that you were going up and he was going down. So <laughs> Yeah. How'd the second so, game uh, go? So I, I, popped, I popped myself down to my traditional place on the bottom table. <laughs> Kev reaches the dizzy heights of... <laughs> you were in the teens or something, Table 16 you? I was on for that one, I think. So, yeah. Ooh, it's yeah. scary up there. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So uh, I played. I played a fantastic blow game too. Uh, he was a Serbian guy called Alex, uh, and and he spoke with this really bizarre American accent because he was the coach of the Serbian American football team, and had been a professional American footballer That's and mental. coach in in the states. Really, really nice guy, and knew a lots and lots about American football. Fortunately for me, he knew fuck all about <laughs> 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 which, which is genuinely surprising, because obviously, we, we, you know, as we were saying, we thought that, uh, you know, everyone there was going to be an epic player. That super bloke, not a great Knights player, Tony Flair. Uh, and he was playing ID, and, and, and he just isolated his big block and, and let me do all sorts to him. And, uh, and I, yeah, I ripped him apart, to be fair. Was it 20? Uh, I think it was eighteen. Might okay. have been more than that. I can't remember to be honest. But yeah, it, it was it was big. And of course, by this stage, because of a status, I'm about seven pints in. Nice. <laughs> yeah. 
My uh, game two is against uh, Alexander, the Montenegro captain. Another legend. Uh, yeah, he's a very nice guy. Uh, but he did get some awful racky out at the very beginning of the game. And I think that just went straight to my head. That was the racky that was not labelled. It was just like in a glass bottle and he was like, drink this. <laughs> <laughs> it was strong as shit. And the rest of this day gets a bit blurry, I think, after that. Um <laughs> He absolutely smashed me with his beast heads. He had uh, two big blocks of minotaurs, and they, one block just took my whole army out. He didn't even need the other blocks. It was, yeah, abysmal. I believe Paul got him at the ETC, which I'm sure we'll get on to. Yeah, he's but, uh, a really nice guy. Fun guy to play against. Yeah. But I completely underestimated his minotaurs and the damage that they do, and lived to regret it, basically. But I got two points out of it in the end. So at least he didn't get 20'd. Very true. Because that was one of your key objectives, if I remember correctly. Yes, not get 20'd, yeah. win at least one game and win Best Painted. Uh, they were my only objectives. <laughs> uh, I'll do my game three then. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Then game three was Luke Tranter. So, you know, he got all the way to Serbia and you play Luke, yeah. who uh <laughs> been on the same scene as me for a long time. But I don't think I've ever actually played Luke before, because normally he does better than me and he's uh, going for Best Beast up at the top. So he was on Beast Hairs as well. I was pretty shit-faced by this point, I've got to be honest. I was, uh, I'd just been writing up the battle report for the forum, and I just look at the pictures going, I have no idea what on earth I was doing at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a clue. Uh, he killed my demon, well, my exalted herald, sorry, turn one. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Because I had to move him 18 inches so I could blast his senators with uh, rage calls. Yeah. Obviously, that meant then he could just charge me because I was only 18 yeah. inches away. So he could <laughs> come barreling in. I lose combat by two, roll 11 on my break test and die. Um, I don't think you thought about that tactic. (laughs) (laughs) You just went all horribly wrong, but luckily I managed to pin his big uh, mongrel block and eat them to death slowly. And then his chariot lord came in and I just beat the shit out of his chariots and managed to uh, kill everything else, really. So I'm 117. It's pretty happy. Nice. After shocking turn one. Yeah, to pull it back. I was really happy with that. That's really good, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Game three. I got Lionel from uh, from France, oh, cool. uh, round three. Beast Herds, really nice guy. And um, uh, it was one of those games where I got to about turn four and I thought, oh my God, I'm going to win this, which was really <laughs> concerning because that doesn't usually happen to me. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, he had this massive killy mino block coming up the middle with, with all sorts of lords in it. Uh, but my, my flaggies were just going to town on him. And I was controlling, it was three pennies, and I was controlling both the flanks. Uh, so I had the halberds and the, the griffin lord and, and, and my, my uh, handguns out on one side and the demis with the knight commander on the other. And he was hanging right back. Uh, and it looked like we were going to batter each other up the middle uh, and I was going to win the mission. And I was thinking it was going to be sort of 14, 15 to me. And then my inquisitor did what my inquisitor does, <laughs> which is failed the critical <laughs> test and run through <laughs> the units and run through the demis and took the demis and the knight commander with him and oh, with okay. that went the game uh yeah and 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 that's my sad story yeah you needed event. some counseling that night i did yeah i was a bit bleak after that <laughs> um yeah so i went down hard then so you ended on 19 points i think for day one uh, i think it was i might have picked up a couple against lionel but yeah it, it was two losses and a, and a win yeah was it 35 for yours truly so I was well happy with that yeah nice one yeah, no, you, you just rub it in Kev go for it yeah, I was like, I'm never going to catch Kev I felt all sad I was all depressed I was like oh Kev's making a monkey out of me yeah? 
I didn't. I didn't even enjoy my heavy drinking that night. It was. Uh... <laughs> and if I remember correctly, Matt did promise to see you on the bottom table, Kev. So really, you're just betraying your friend. It's true. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the Serbian kid was taking over the bottom table, <laughs> weren't he? Well, do you know what? I was on two. I was on the table next to him, and and he was this eleven-year-old kid. I mean, he spoke amazing English. And to be fair, to be eleven-year-old playing a nine-page in not your first language is fairly impressive. Yeah. yeah. But he was getting absolutely ripped to bits. Uh, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, he was on the table next to me, and he 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 conceded turn two against. Um, Oh, who's Henry's mate from Denmark? Oh, Casimir. Yeah, Casimir conceded against, and Casimir, to be fair, was trying desperately hard to give him, give him, um, uh, give, give him a, a decent game. But that that kid comes back later on in the tournament to uh, to give us one of the highlights of the tournament, didn't he, against Wales? Oh, <laughs> Mo, that was the fucking yeah. funniest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Just the look on Mo's face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so so day two, um, I got. Oh, crikey. Kev, you're going to have to step in. I can't remember who I got. What's it? Vladislav. Oh, Vlad- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Czech, yeah, Czech Republic. Uh, what a nice guy. Uh, what a beasts again. Um, uh, no, sorry, ogres. Oh, crikey, yeah. And, um, uh, yeah, we, we just we just had uh, one of those epic games where it just spread out all over the place. Uh, and I, I, I felt like I was in control most of it. And um, uh, one of my one of my units and knights with great weapons kind of held uh, a critical hunter at, at one point so that I could get into his rock arc with my demis and yeah and I came out sixteen up so I, 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 three great games yeah nice my game four was against a Ukrainian warriors player Mark Avrenko. Um so it's, it wasn't really a mirror match we're completely different warrior this the only thing we had in common we both had the Killy Lord on a war day so the big burning sword. But his one had the, uh, you know, increase your initiative potion, so I couldn't go anywhere near him because he's just oh, going to okay. kill my lord. And he had the Helmore, so he had six scoring units of the Helmore, so he's going to jump about, he was get the centre. And it was uh, kind of on the back foot from the very beginning, really. But luckily, he charged my unit of four um, chosen knights with his ten unit chosen halberds, and they fucking bounced off like three turns. What? But, yeah, they, they probably shouldn't happen. <laughs> so, but I didn't manage to run them down, so I was quite annoyed about that. Cause there's a lot of points in that unit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I was devastating that. And then my Feldrax failed like a leadership eight break test and fled off the objective. If they stayed, it would have been a thirteen seven to me probably. But he won thirteen seven in the end. It was a really good game though. Really tense. We went right to the wire. Nice. So that was your fourth game. So yeah. last game, how are we both sitting? Um, so I'm on uh, 42. Okay. So um, at that point, I would have been on 25. 34, you're on. 34, yeah. There you go. And I played the last guy, a, a really nice bloke from, from Luxembourg. Uh, he was playing um, Saurian Ancients, and um, it was breakthrough. Uh, so we just we just ran at each other in an epic fight and uh, literally at the end all he had left was his alpha and all I had left was my knight commander and everything else was dead. The highlight of it was when his um, his frog fought off uh, four Debbies. My Debbies are awful. I mean they're just they're the worst. You know, who, who wins a fight against you know, frogs and Debbies? But um, yeah we had a great time and it finished 10-10 on the nose. Okay. A That's a bit satisfying way to end the tournament actually. So Matt was on 44 then, which yeah. is, uh, that's pressure on me now. 
Um, so my last game was against a French guy, Julian Villarou, and Empire. It was just an Empire gun line. And we had two, you know, stank and a cannon, loads of crossbows, shoot your magic and all this, all the shenanigans. And I just basically tried running at him. It didn't go very well. He, you know, took off my monsters. I managed to keep my exalted herald alive at least. Got some good comets off, did some blasting, but problem with the empire is once you get past the shooting i've then got to go and kill a big block of imperial guard and a big block of halberdiers yeah and i just didn't have enough left in my force to do any damage to him and he just yeah smashed me off 16-4 in the end i did manage to kill a fair bit of his banana i think running at him is obviously the only thing you could have done though it's going to go big yeah. one way or the other like that's it that was one game i don't think i played badly because oh there was nothing i could have done about it it was literally like i've you know, I'm going to run and he gets unlucky and I smash him off, or yeah. I just, uh, yeah, get shot to ribbons and they just got shot to ribbons. Uh, what can you do? Okay, so before we kind of, we'll talk a bit about kind of the takeaways from ESC, but how did you guys finish up then? So I ended up on 47 points, uh, 46 points, sorry, which left me. Very respectable. I was happy with that. 62, 60 second, that was. You know, just below average, but I'll take that. That's some tough games. Yep. Uh, Matt finished 69th. Nice. On 44. And that's out of 100 odd people. I think only a couple of people bailed on like the last day. That's good. Whereas I've heard before, like, apparently half the field just disappears for the second day. Yeah, it did look busy, didn't it? Yeah, everyone tends to stay around, so that was quite good. So how many players yeah. in total did they have? A uh, hundred. A hundred, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I would... I, I'd echo what, what Kev's kind of saying that, that you know it's it, it, it if, if if you've not played at it and you fancy it definitely go and have a go I mean both Kev and I are experienced tournament players and we were nervous about going into it but um, I thought it was a fantastic experience there's a really wide range I mean look there's some brilliant players obviously but there's plenty of average club players too and I, and I, I think it's a really good experience and uh, I'd thoroughly recommend it for anyone Absolutely, I think it's really good. I mean, we're not, you know, top table competitors, are we, Matt? Um, but we you know we did all right, so yeah, I think no, it's no, worth a go yeah, for anyone. Yeah. yeah, no, we were competitive, and we had a laugh, and met some great people, and yeah, it was um, it was a really good tournament. So, what about the stand? Not necessarily standard players in terms of playing ability, but what about sportsmanship and the the armies? Like, how did how did that compare to other events you've been to? I couldn't fault it, to be honest. Everyone I played was, was an absolute gent. Uh, Their the English was fantastic. And, yeah, I mean, it, everything worked well. They were nowhere near as gamey as I thought they were going to be. Uh, yeah. And that, that was, a, that was a, quite a big shock to me, to be honest. Yeah. And, um, uh, and I enjoyed that aspect of it. It was, it was just like playing a normal tournament, you know, Back at home, and um, you know, with your mates, it was it was much much more enjoyable than I than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be real hardcore, and it and it wasn't. No, I think everyone was quite laid back, maybe because we weren't competing at the top. But I think it was a uh, yeah nice atmosphere. Maybe not drinking as heavy as most normal tournaments, but there was still plenty of drink going about. Yeah, so that was good. Painting wise, I think the painting stand was pretty good actually for the singles. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, I, I mean, didn't I, play single army. Bad army. No, I didn't play a bad army. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. I thought. Yeah, so it was good armies up for best painted, and sadly I did not win. But never mind. You were so. robbed, mate. You were robbed. <laughs> and, and what was and what was particularly galling was you were robbed by my trick. 
my the the trick of the um the the, the poppy sort of you know unusual models sort of army because um you lost so you came second to the um the the american chap is yeah. it Chai Hammer. Uh, and his orcs and goblins which is essentially i mean it, it strikes me as a i mean it's, it's a it's a great army it's, it's beautifully painted but it's one of those sorts of armies you go oh that's unusual as opposed to that is beautifully painted which i thought your army was and his wasn't if i'm frank uh so for me kev as you know you're my hero. At one point, you're I my big champion. At one point, I heard Matt say to someone, "I don't know if you remember this, Matt, but you were just kind of pulling people over. You didn't know and been like, look at the shading on that. Come on, look at the blending. Look at that. Oh look yeah, do you remember Look at that? the metallics yeah. on that exalted terror. That's beautiful. That is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Matt. I pulled this, this guy over, and I was like, I think he was just complete random punter. I was like, look at the quality of that. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Kev, you came over, didn't you, mate? <laughs> he did know it was. He did know it was you. Uh, yeah. It was your army, and he said, "Yeah, it is lovely, but I don't think he's put much effort in on the warriors." Devoed. Yeah, I think I Hammer's one just has a lot of good conversions. Yeah, everything's basically nothing's not you've seen before, and I think that really striking with people. It's nice to see things you've not seen before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the lovely looking army. Can't complain really. But second will do. Second's very respectable, Kev. ESC, yeah. that's very good. <laughs> so, apart from your own army, what was your favourite on show? Was there any armies that really stood out to you? Uh, there was a dwarf army that was lovely. The blending on the painting was astounding. Yeah. That looked pretty good. And there's some nice, like, you know, copters and whatnot. So that was probably the one I, or that was the one I voted for. Nice. What about you, Matt? Oh, I just like the nurse behind the bar, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We've moved on to that segment of the show already. Yeah, it didn't take long, Ready did we it? To the <laughs> yeah, to, to be honest, I, 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 I seriously, I, I mean, I honestly thought Kev's army was the best painted. Uh, there was some nice blending and stuff. There was a there was a, a Dreadalf army that I thought was done very nicely. Um, obviously, Chai Hammer's stuff is, is, is poppy and looks good. Um, but, yeah, um, to be honest, I, I've, I've spent quite a lot of time, um, obviously, buying beer from either the um, uh, Princess Jasmine. <laughs> we might need to give people context for that because you're just saying that maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so there was um, like four bars in the in the venue, and yeah. each one, just to really play into the stereotype of you know gamers, uh, each one had a a bar attendant lady who was dressed up as a character. So there was like a World War Two theme one, and it, there was a lady in a nurse's outfit. There was one which was essentially just a big tent, which was uh, Princess Jasmine. <laughs> and there was one... Was a, like, we should make the point, there were men at some of these that were also dressed up. Yes, yes, yeah, that's it probably an important point to leave exclusively populated by a woman behind the bar no. in fancy dress. I think it was so funny the World War Two one where the nurse was and there's the old bloke as well and everyone has to get the picture with the pair of them. You can't just get the picture of the nurse. <laughs> <laughs> all they want I genuinely saw that. Old dude in there as well. That guy, I saw him floating about. I thought he was a cleaner. Because <laughs> of his outfit, I was like, oh, he looks like he just works here as like a kind of janitor or something. <laughs> And then I saw him behind the bar, and I was like, what's that janitor doing behind the bar? He shouldn't be in there. <laughs> Taking advantage. <laughs> it was like, 
someone should we say something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, sorry. Yeah, go on. So the the tent that Princess Jasmine was at, there were men dressed up in a kind of Aladdin esque costumes. Yeah. What were the other ones? There was a Star Wars themed one. There right? was a, there was one, and it was just two women. Uh, one was dressed as Princess Leia, and the other one was Princess Amidala from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> you do not speak that name. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm just getting flashbacks. Um. Yeah, so um, anything you guys wanted to bring up about ESC? Any final takeaways? Obviously, you both had a great time, which is the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it was a great tournament. I, as I said, I thoroughly recommend it. To be honest, at the end of it, I was I was kind of glad that it was over. Not not because uh, I wanted to stop playing, but it was... <laughs> It's very obviously the the, the 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 sort of the prelude to the main to the main event. Yeah, uh, and and everyone's kind of psyching up, and you guys are doing your sort of your practice rounds, uh, and yeah, the, obviously the big event was, was was coming the following day, so it was um, yeah, it was it was it was just super exciting to get to the end of it and be be ready for the start of the uh, the ETC. Which is an excellent segue into the ATC, Matt. Congratulations. You have a career in podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) Should we very briefly talk about our practice games? Yes. So while the guys were playing at the ESC, um, we played Turkey and Germany. We played Germany first, sorry, and Turkey. So how did you find that, Paul? First ETC. (laughs) I got UD. I got fucking UD. (laughs) (laughs) You did. (laughs) No, it was good. Um... I was really looking forward to the practice games just because uh, I figured it would be just a really good settler just to kind of get the, the nerves under control and just kind of get into the the mindset of playing again and just treating it as like two really good games to practice. Uh, UD, game one, Germany. Not ideal, but I figured you know, if I have to play UD at some point this week, then playing it in a practice game is probably like the best point I could have you know, hoped to get them. And I played against Tom from Germany, and he was really nice, really nice guy. The game itself didn't go that great. Had a plan, stuck to the plan. The plan didn't work. Um, <laughs> Cop copy eighteen two. It's going to be a reoccurring theme. <laughs> had a plan, didn't work, lost. Did, didn't work. It was something like his. He had a massive. I think he had like a unit of like. He had a massive chariot star. I think someone said to him it's the most expensive unit at ETC. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I think it was like a thousand point unit. And it's pretty impressive. One of my units of wretched ones. I was like, you won't do 18 wins. I think he did exactly 18 wins. And it was like the last fucking horse did the last one. And I was like, oh, you're fucking kidding me. And that kind of screwed me over. If that hadn't happened, um, I probably would have been able to keep more points. It was a red matchup for me anyway, so I wasn't expecting much but it kind of went from a 14-6 to an 18-2 so that was a bit crap but it was a good game. Man those Germans like to slam down their dice cups Oh man, (laughs) they're mad for it (laughs) Like, it's weird right because they're like, they're really nice guys really like, you know, you can chat to them or whatever but like, as soon as it comes to rolling the dice it's fucking terrifying Yeah it's the force, isn't it, that they do it's it with? Really, and it's all of them. And that's that's got to be like an institutionalised thing, right? They've been told to do that. Well, I think Yannick, because I played Yannick, and Yannick was the only one that wasn't using a dice cup. Yannick yeah. was rolling his dice. Yeah, but Yannick was playing a fucking Lego army. Yeah, he was, yeah. He's, that, that tells you everything you need to know about it. He was way <laughs> more laid back than everybody else. <laughs> so while Tom... Uh, sorry, while Paul was playing Tom, 
uh, on the table right next to them, I was playing Yannick with uh, the now infamous slash famous, I think it's fair to say, uh, Lego Army, which if you haven't seen it, there's loads on Twitter, you can go check it out. Um, but essentially, he had a Kingdom Ecotene army, and every model was Lego. And you can love it or hate it, but um, I mean, I would like to see lots of armies like that at any event, but Yannick had gone through every effort to make sure that everything was clearly labelled, and he actually gave me a sheet, and it had a picture of the unit and told me what it was, which he gave me at the start of the game. And Yannick was just a legend, he was such a good guy to play against, uh, and we had a really good game. But I think I actually played really well that game, I just gave him an early, too many early opportunities to try and force him out, and he took them and he got them. He made... I think he took three ten on dice charges turn one, and he made two out of three or three out of three, which was a bit brutal. But I shouldn't have been given them. That was like there was there was too tantalising for him not to take. Uh, but that was a really good game. I think I lost fourteen. Did I lose fourteen? I remember coming over and at one point it was kind of swingy, and and you were looking at whether or not you were going to chuck everything in. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it definitely wasn't a wipeout. My Varkalak did, uh, so <laughs> the Varkalaks did not have a good tournament, but uh, in some, like, I wouldn't moan about the Varkalaks too much, but one Varkalak charged um, the flank of a, a lance, a, a decotained lance, and really I wasn't looking for him to win, I was just looking for him to hold it, yeah. so he charged, did zero wounds, took two back, and crumbled and died. So <laughs> 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 like, yes, go Varkalak! <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I lost that game, but that was actually a really good game to start the weekend off because it was very tactical. There was a lot of measuring and checking arcs and stuff, so it was a good game to blow off the the cobwebs. And Yannick was really good fun. Yeah, I mean Germany did very well. Uh, Etc. Well, they won, uh, so yeah, they did. <laughs> well, you know, spoilers. I mean, I'm sure most people know. I was going to build up to that, but yeah. Oh, sorry, man. <laughs> Needless to say, we got fucking humped yeah, uh, across the board. I think. Um, horribly capped. I don't even know how many points we did salvage in that round. Not very many. Bad. Did any of the team win? No. 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 I think everyone got... However, fun fact, we still got more points than uh, England got against USA. Oh, no. really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. I think we yeah, got... They, got, they got ripped to bits, didn't they? I think we got 36 points across the team, and they got less than that. <laughs> wow. That might just be pure slander, so don't take my word for it. But uh, I'm pretty. No, sure. that's a that's a fact. That yeah, happened. That's a that thing, definitely man. happened there. <laughs> um, and then we played. That was on the Wednesday, and on the Thursday we played Turkey. Yeah. So, how'd your game against Turkey go, Paul? Uh, my game went non-existent because my. So we did the pairings. Oh, of course. But as it turned out, two of their players were playing the singles, and it just so happened that Ed's opponent uh, was playing in the singles, and so was mine. So we didn't play, so I ended up just floating about, taking pictures, watching other people play games. So it was a bit out of late to practice game, so I was a bit disappointed that I didn't get that time to practice before ETC, but it was nice just kicking about and checking at the other tables. It was, I think it was the Highborn Elf player I was supposed to play against. Um, I remember seeing his army, he had a really nice painted two-dragon list. He was on table one, wasn't he, at the last round of the ESC? <laughs> So maybe that was a bullet dodged. <laughs> well, like, yeah. I mean, I think he was a good player, but I would have fancied, I would have liked that. Like, in my mind, that was a good matchup for me. So I'd been, if it had been a hard game, that would have been fine. But 
Yeah, practice, to not get practice. a game is a bit. Yeah, it was yeah. better. I did. I did play Fraz later that day, which went pretty well for me. So that was kind of a bonus. Yeah. Who were you playing for your second game? Um, I played John in the Turkey team, who's their sorry and Ancients player. Um, oh shit! Yeah, so you did. I remember that. Which was just it was an awesome game. He's, He's a nice guy. Such a lovely guy to play against. And actually, the first couple of turns, I thought I'm going to take this boy off because I think he deployed really badly. He just stuck everything in a corner, didn't he? Yeah, he did the classic thing where he put half his army in one corner and half in the other. Yeah. Because he thought he was just going to get run over. So I took half his army off, and then I started to back up, and he started to push out a wee bit, knowing that I needed to combo charge his big block to get anything. And he just magic missiled me, and he ended up getting over a 1,000 points in the last two turns just through magic. Yeah, it's mental. Just because I had stuff like the race, and he had pyro, and he was just taking shit off. Um, Sorry, magic is very effective. Yeah, so I went from... Actually, because we had these notebooks and we were writing down our predicted scores at the end of each turn. And I went from like 15, 16, 17, 14, <laughs> 10. <laughs> <laughs> I think the game finished 11 to me because I got okay. the secondary. But yeah, it was mental. But that was a really good game. Um, but I think Turkey beat us, didn't they? Yeah, I think they did in the end. I mean, the, I, I think I spent most of that actually chatting to the, one of the Turkish coaches. Uh, who's a Warriors player as well, so we just kind of sat and bitched about Warriors. Oh, that was the guy with the cap, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, really he nice. Was yeah. So how was your first taste of uh, ETC-ness, Paul? Obviously that was just practice, but... Yeah, so like the, the, the playing against Tom, I think, is my first game at ETC kind of reinforced a lot of the, my preconceptions, I'd say. Like, he was a very good player. He was very precise in what he was doing. Just thinking about everything it was very clear. Just, I was just very aware I was playing against someone that was like very good. It was still enjoyable though, and there were still opportunities for me to play the game. And I think that was like one of my biggest takeaways was just like just play the game and don't worry too much about who you're playing against. Yeah. Um, he's still going to abide by all the rules that everyone else does. He's still playing the same army book that every other UD player plays. So like, there's no surprises. Albeit that it's the still a massive advantage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, but it's the same bench that every other UD player has, so it's not like he'd have to like reinvent the fucking game. So. Yeah, but it was fine. Like, um, it it didn't really it didn't surprise me uh, in any kind of way. I wasn't like, oh my god, this this is a horrible mistake coming to ETC. What we done type of thing. But uh, it was good. I did enjoy it. What about you? As a returning player, was it different? Was it the same? Oh, did it was you good. feel like there was? much had changed no not really um i just i really enjoyed both games i thought they were good fun um the germans by the way have fucking nailed it because they had markers did thomas have this he had markers for every unit yeah so there was a few countries that were doing that there's like uh i think australia were doing it as well right. and most the warrior player was doing it yeah it was a good idea so basically you just mark everything so you mark the unit before it moves and then you mark where it finishes up and um there was a couple Things that came up in uh, Yannick's and mine's game where we, we had to be very precise about what we were measuring and he could just take a unit away if it was in the way because we knew where it was and it was just, they've really nailed that. I've actually started trying to do that, especially for important units in games so, since. You have a separate one for every single unit? Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good idea, that. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of a bollock because you've got to like, pick them up and move them about and stuff, but yeah. for those crucial moments, they're, then the, I mean, there was a couple instances later on in my games where I wish my opponent had marked things better and yeah like i think it's it's probably one of the habits that stuck with me since i've came back 
like I was very aware that that was going to be something that I would have to do at ETC because I think a lot of people just expect that. There should never be a situation where you're having a, a disagreement about where something is. Like that's just so basic. Yeah. And like since we came back and the games that I've played, I've always just been marking everything, and it it just just make life so much easier and there's just no like debate or question as to where anything is so totally it just makes um, the game flow so much better because there's no disagreements yeah. yeah 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 i think that's a really important point you know when we went that training weekend up to um sterling and you know we were the, and the guys were talking about the importance of marking it, it it's so important that, that you know where they are where they're going to and it, it just it gets rid of any little niggles doesn't it and um makes the game so much more playable and so much more enjoyable because I, I thought it i thought it you know being anal was going to make you know people sort of resist it but actually it makes everything a lot easier yeah totally yeah i think Absolutely. people do appreciate that when you're playing them so we regrouped with the guys from the esc um we had a really good night on the, the thursday night and uh, everything kicked off on the friday so up first we had finland so yeah. the pairings, um, I won't go too far into the pairings because um, it's a bit boring. But uh, overall, I think we, as a team, paired very well across the entire weekend. I think there was maybe only one round where we felt that there'd maybe been a couple of missed opportunities. But overall, our, our, our pairing uh, ideology was that we would pair for greens. Uh, sorry, we, we would pair for, to deny reds to maximise greens, if that makes sense. So yeah. um, we were knocking... We were taking matchups which knocked off uh, games early on, if that makes sense. Yeah, Um, and that worked really well across the weekend. It was just um, our actual performances on the table (laughs) 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 maybe backfired. I think that's it. Like I think because basically, like the system we had, like we'd get together, we'd do the pairing with other team, and then we'd have five minutes as a team to talk about how the pairings went and. If anyone had any questions before everyone fucked off to play their games, and it always seemed to be that like you guys are always very positive with overall how the parents went for the team. Yeah. So I think the, the, that process worked really well, and like the, the the evening we had before of just everyone getting together and sitting around in one room with the lists and being like, right, how do we think this is going to go? Is everyone still happy with their parents? So yeah. I think for like next year, I don't think that's something that will change. But yeah, as you say, I think the the problem was just how our predictions matched how it actually unfolded on the table, which is a completely different question. Yeah. So I think what we should maybe do, we'll run through the the rounds themselves, and then we'll talk about the takeaways because I think we can we can touch on things like that. Yeah. And I think especially myself, um, I didn't quite appreciate, and I hate the word, but I didn't quite appreciate the matter. And there was definitely a meta shift. I love how much you hate that. It's just such a... How often you have to say it when we do the podcast. There is no other alternative. I can't yeah, think of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but you hate the word meta. Yeah, it just it sounds does. shit, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. I mean, it was interesting that after after the, the, the pairings had been done, the first thing Kev and I did was sat down and said, right, okay, based on the team's predictions, we should win this round by this score yeah and i think what it was was it five out of six we were down to win because the the, the pairing <laughs> that doesn't work well Matt. <laughs> <laughs> we probably could have like not mentioned that <laughs> the, the, the pairings i think the pairings process went really well i think that the pre-game stuff could was was tip top 
Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think across the board, I think there was uh, definitely um, people underestimating players, um, but particularly certain styles of lists. Like I think as a team, we massively underestimated Beast Herds. Yeah. Um, and that came back to bite us on multiple occasions. Um, so I think that didn't help. And I think things like there was fucking shed loads of armor. And a few of our lists, like Paul and mine, it didn't have great answers to armor. So it meant that, I mean, even stuff that's got just lots of, you know, just like four up saves, when you're cutting about with AP0 or AP1, yeah, that, can, that can prove it, prove it to be an issue. Um, so with hindsight, I would have definitely had a rending banner on my goal block rather than the triple march banner. But that that's hindsight, you can't really predict that before. But that's all fun details that we'll come to, because, uh, so round one, we're playing Finland. So I'll just very quickly say my game. So I was playing uh, the Finnish captain, Peter, uh, who had uh, Infernal Dwarves, who was an absolutely lovely man. But when we deployed, he deployed in one corner after a couple of exchanges um, and said, basically running at me. This was a down as a red matchup for me because he's Infernal Dwarves with shitloads of pyro magic. Um, and I didn't have much AP, as I said. So we could, after we deployed, I very quickly said this is going to be a 10-10 and you're going to win an objective because you'll be able to pick off. It was flags. And he said, yeah, it probably will be. So we agreed just to shake on the, the 13 to him um, because it was just going to be a waste of time because I wasn't going to push at him because I was just going to lose bigger if I did that. But he was always going to be able to pick one off one of my small ghoul units because of the way that we traded deployments early on. So we shook on that after about five minutes and then we had a really fun game where we just redeployed and I ran at him. And he took me off, basically. It was exactly like I predicted. <laughs> was that a red for you? It was a red for me, yeah. He said so you that... got seven points out of red. That's really fucking good. Well, that's why I was like, yeah, so I think this is probably going to be a 13. He was like, yeah, I think so. I was like, yeah, we should probably shake on that. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yes! Jedi <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that he... He didn't think it was as good for him as I thought it was. For some reason. I don't know what he was scared of, really. But he seemed to think that because I was so fast and mobile, that could cause him issues. But, like, with Pyro and just how resistant some of these units are, like, I can't touch the Kadims. So they were never really under threat. Like, even when we just played the, the run at him, like, or literally I just ran at him, I had a situation where three Varklaks were facing off against the his Kadim, and he was proper, like, backing up. Where in my head I'm thinking, I need all three of those Varklaks to hit those uh, Kadim incarnates at the same time and roll consistent to actually threaten that unit. Because otherwise he just like smashes the shit out of them because I've got regen save. But we had really good fun. Um, I managed to get seven points out of red, which I was very happy with. And uh, I got a bit of a smash up as well. So that was a very nice casual start to my ETC, actually. I felt very <laughs> chilling at ease at the end of that round. I think the Finnish team as a team are probably one of the best teams we played yeah, I agree. I think them and the Dutch, they were yeah, definitely my two favourite rounds. Well, a lot of the Finnish players played in the uh, ESC, and they all did really well. They did really well. It's a very good team. Uh, yeah, I kept kind of kind of picking up on or checking how they were doing, and they, they did really well at the ETC. They kind of pushed up very early on into the high tables, and I think they maybe slipped down a wee bit, but even still... But they got Poland, didn't they? Yeah. And they didn't bother matching uh, against Poland. They didn't do their pairings. <laughs> oh, that's forever. right. Yeah, they just put greens because they didn't think they were going to play them. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So they had to have like a, an emergency meeting. 
Um, how did you get on, Paul? Uh, so I played uh, against Warriors of the Dark Gods. It was a mirror match. So this was a red for me as well. And I just deployed very defensively, pretty much on the back end of the table because he had the Hellmore. And on my left side, I basically had like a piece of impassable kind of in the middle of the table and like a ruin and some other bits and pieces. So I just figured, right, I'm going to keep myself in this side and then I've got three places I can fuck off to. So he'll never get my whole army. Basically, my plan was just to conserve points um, and, and go down small. And it was going pretty well. Like, I think I had it down as like a 14 6 for him up until like the very last turn. And he basically. So, at an earlier point in the game, I managed to get uh, six wretched ones onto his Helmo. I think there was maybe only five left. And I basically got it down to one wound. And then he got something into the wretched ones and took them off. And I just couldn't do that last wound. Which meant that on his fifth turn, he managed to catapult his Chosen Lord into my corner, which meant that he got like another so many hundreds, hundreds of points, and it, 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 he ended up getting a seventeen-three. So I was a bit unlucky, um, and I had an opportunity to try and get points, but I just figured like if I push too early, and I can't get the Helmo, he's just got the rest of the game that he can just get anywhere he wants and if his burning sword guy gets fucking anywhere near my regen monsters I'm fucked yeah. so like um, it was a good game he was a nice guy um, I think he did pretty well in the singles if I remember rightly so no it was okay I was actually quite happy with how it went but it was just that little bit unlucky uh, in the game that meant that he had the opportunity to pick up some more points in his last turn and did so that's just how it went yeah, yeah. I made there was probably like three games that I felt like I made mistakes that I was very aware of, like two turns after, and I was just like, if I hadn't done that one thing, like that's that's kind of made life harder for me. So that was good. Um, I was kind of happy that I knew where I was going wrong because then I could try and like avoid it. And it was just a, I just misplayed when we get to chaff. But no, it was a good game. I would say that about playing ETC, like if you get a red. I felt like there was a lot less pressure on you. Like, yeah, totally. You basically aim to conserve points, and if you can contest the secondary, great. If you can't, okay, but just don't let them get anything from you, and then that makes their life so much harder. Whereas, like when I got like the green matchup on day two, I was like, oh my god, I've got to go out now and <laughs> fucking win this game. <laughs> no, totally, I, I would agree with that. It's interesting because you think it's going to be the other way around, but because it's a team event, like you're you feel like you do have to go and perform when you're expected to, so that's quite hard. Especially when you walk past the guys that have got the reds, and they're like, you know, I'm going to get smashed here. You better, you better. You better get some <laughs> points. <laughs> yeah, but no, I think the round one was okay. I mean, I was I was happy with the team. We got a, a good team to play against. There was a bit of banter during the parents and stuff like that, so yeah, that kind good. of damped me down a bit. And there's a bit in the lead-up as well, because obviously the, the draw was done, so there was a bit back and forth on Twitter, which was good fun. Yeah. Um, but they did win overall. Uh, they won 97-63. So they went up to play Poland, and we went down to play Wales, <laughs> which is we'll always play a home nation round two or three. It's guaranteed. To say, uh, coaching that round was probably the easiest one that me and Matt had to do. Oh, of course. Sorry, guys. For us to do. Yeah. How was coaching? Sorry, I totally forgot. Well, for that one, it was easy. Yeah. Or Finland or Wales. 
for Finland and Wales as well. Actually, day one was a piece of piss, and we're like, this is a breeze. We have nothing to do. <laughs> Little did we know. <laughs> yeah, well, we got ourselves into a routine. It was, it was, it was good because we needed that, I, I reckon. Because yeah, we got the kind of routine about how it would work. With the, you know, the the, uh, the books would go out. The you know, the, uh, we we sort of sit down and work out what the overall picture was like, and we sort of say, you know, who who needs to keep an eye on what. Uh, and then we'd go and get beer, and then we'd come back, and by that stage, deployment would be over, and people would start sort of calling you over and stuff. But, yeah, day one was a walk in the park. Not so much afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was that was round one. Round two, we played against Wales. So, um, again, the pairings for this went pretty well. Um, we thought we paired... Well, the biggest concern for us in the pairings was Slatchy's UD. <laughs> Um, UD become a theme across the weekend. We just really didn't have an answer to them. UD are a problem. Yeah, they are. But again, parents across the team went really well. Um, Paul, who did you end up playing? I played Q. And it was KOB. And how did that go? Um, so interestingly, like, I don't know who it was. I think it might be you, Andrew. Like, did the parents. And uh, I knew I had KOB. Yeah. And you came over and were like, okay, you've got Kiwi, how do you feel? And I was like, ah, oh, sorry, it's, it's a red matchup. Like, <laughs> yeah, I remember. I'll, I'll just get like, I'll, I'll aim for another like four or five points. It's not the end of the world. And we were like, I think you said, no, nah, you had a Dennis and Amber. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then we consulted the Matrix. I was like, shit, I had that Dennis and Amber. Don't know what the <laughs> fuck I had been smoking, but like there were a few KOE lists that I had decided weren't reds and that were actually Amber. And this was one of them. So I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to like, Trying to get points now, fuck's sake. What was worse but, is that I'd done the exact same thing for my matchup. <laughs> in my head I was thinking this is this is a red, but on the matrix I put an amber. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Yeah. Well like the game itself was so Hugh was running, you know, the pretty standard KOE build, had the Duke of Murderiness. They were all the same. There was seven yeah. KOE and they were identical. And it's just it's just that way where if that hits one of my things, it he can literally kill the whole unit. And He's just too fast for me to try and pin down. So again, it, it just became a game of, right, I'm just going to stay in my corner. I'm going to try and conserve points. Um, I'll stick some things on the other side to try and get to a secondary, which means you have to go after them if you you know, want to make sure you win, which means that you can't throw everything at me in one go type of thing. And again, I had it down as, I think it was a 13-7 for Hugh, turn five, and then turn six, I think... You know, he got, got, he just picked up a few more points, and, and he ended up getting a, I think he got a fourteen six. So that that one wasn't as bad, but I think for all that, I was happy to take those matchups because I knew that overall, as long as the team is getting good matchups, we'll win the rounds, and I'm more than happy to take that hit. But the first two games were just becoming very similar, where it was just a case of run and hide, don't give away points. I feel like over the course of the ETC, I became very good at that using my list. Might be okay. But like, I think when I later on when I got the green matchup, I felt really weird pushing at people because I was like, oh, I can actually like attack things. Yeah. And not be worried that this is going to go really badly and I'm going to lose bigs. But it was an alright game. Like, it was I was getting a bit frustrated towards the the end of the day just because I was like, I just have to hide the whole time. But yeah, it was it was fine. I did. I mean, getting six points out of that match. I, w- I mean, if someone had said you'll get six, I would have been happy with that. So It wasn't a super enjoyable game, but it was fine. I had a very good game. I played Slatch. You played Slatch, didn't you? Yeah, uh, which was 
was a bit of banter going on at that table. Uh, I love, I love me some Slatch. Slatch knows how I feel. We've got a special love. <laughs> but yeah, like the first couple of turns, so Slatch's UD was like standard UD. The first couple of turns, I felt like I played really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of I put a Varkak into the Tomb Reapers, and it was a kind of fifty-fifty combat. And with hindsight, I shouldn't have done it. Um, you put two in. So I did. I put two in. Oh, I, I still feel like that was an alright decision. Anyway, what was it you charged? Uh, a, a unit was it three or four Tomb Reapers? Yeah, four Tomb Reapers, and you four. put two Varklaks into them. Yeah. In the front. In the front, yeah. But I didn't roll. I whiffed a wee bit. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, then, I think you might have killed one, and then they just fucked you up after that. Yeah, because then it went into his turn, and he just they just stood back up because you dear cunts. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I thought I played really well, but then uh, and Slatchy's magic dice were fucking atrocious the first couple of turns. But then they, they kind of started to shift, and I just started not getting those fifty fifties, and I called the guys over to kind of see how the rest of the team was doing, and we were up across the tables. So uh, they said, right, just pull back and conserve, um, which I did. And then Slatch, there was an opportunity for Slatch to get his um, big chariot star into the rear of my ghoul block. He needed a 12 and then I healed the ghoul block because uh, the ghoul block needed to, they were going to have to fight a unit of the sand snakes and the, either the next turn or the turn after. So the 12 became the 11. And then Slatch rolled and got the 11 and got his chariot starting at the rear of my ghoul block. And, uh, like, no re-roll, just 11. Like, there was no reason for him not to take it. I totally understand yeah. why he did it. Um, but he just he absolutely annihilated the ghoul block and just started picking me off. And I went down 20. And I went down hard 20. Um, Is that when the hug happened? I remember looking over and you were both just hugging in the in the space between the table. It was nice, because the first turn, um, he, didn't, he didn't successfully cast any spells. <laughs> so I said, do you want a hug, Slatch? And he went, yeah, let's go get a beer. So we hugged him and got a beer. <laughs> and then two turns later, he took off my ghoul, you star, and he was like, do you want to get a beer and a hug? And I was like, yes, please! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all right. Ah, okay, it was good fun. I, I still stand by that decision you made. I think that was absolutely the right thing. Yeah, I mean, okay, so a, a 12. Uh, but Slatch just makes those, doesn't he? Uh, he's just got the the luck sometimes. In but, the like, game. there was no reason for him, like, there was no threat to the Chariot yeah. Star, so he had nothing to lose by not taking the risk, so, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously, my, my I'm a bit tenied, but I think maybe I should have just kept on going, because then the risk was, I don't know, I don't know, maybe pulling, yeah, pulling back was the, the right call at that time, but just with hindsight, I just wish I'd made more of a go of it, but that's purely because my memory of it's tenied, because I had a Chariot Star rammed at Mars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when your barks didn't go through it, it kind of, yeah, but it was, it, it was, yeah, the dice really kind of screwed you there, mate. Yeah, that was good fun, though. Slash's always good. Uh, and I think did... even if you do the maths on the Vark against the uh, Tomb Reapers, the Varks just can't do it. They can't last them out. I know, it was even that I just needed to get them down so that he was concentrating magic and healing them. Yeah. But you D, That's man, you they get one spell off and the, the fucking... Tomb Reapers are back up, and yeah, they're buffed. Yeah. It's just mental. Yeah. Um. Ben. But so I I went down twenty there, and that was <laughs> twenty to etc. Such oh, brutal. Um, to be fair, if you're gonna get twenty anywhere, that's the place you expect to be twenty. I know. And actually, Slatch is a lovely man, so I'm okay getting twenty by Slatch. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you know what? I'd never really spent a lot of time with Slatch, but then when we were flying back, we went for dinner with Slatch and, and, and Adam, didn't we, Kev? Yeah, we uh, did. And what a nice bloke. What a simple yeah. bloke. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I've seen him around the tournaments and stuff, but I've never really sort of had a, had a long chat to him. What a really, really nice guy he is. Yeah, it was, um, yeah super bloke. Yeah, so I'm glad he uh, smashed it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> me too, me too. A question for the coaches. Just I'll ask this now, just before I forget to ask you later. Like, how did you guys find us asking for the timeouts? Like, how did you find that little, like, those little conversations? Like, did you feel like you could give us enough advice without being like, yeah, do this, do that, which obviously you're not allowed to do. Like, did you feel like they were productive? Did you think we used them well? Like, how did you find those? A lot of it, I think, is just you need to talk it out to someone else what you're thinking. Yeah. And I think just by talking it out, you clarify it in your own head. That that's what you're going to do. Right. And that's fine. Sometimes we would try and give you advice and other things, but it's very difficult to keep track of eight different games. Yeah. And no one's up to it. It's all right when it gets near the end and there's only like two games you've got to watch. Um, but, yeah, early on it's very difficult. But I think everyone used their timeouts very well. I don't think some players certainly didn't use them at all. But I think most of uh, you two certainly did. You used them every game, I think. I think there was one game I didn't use them, but then I was very aware that I didn't use it yeah. after the game. I was like, oh, I didn't even use my timeout. Like, I don't know if it would have made much difference, but... That blows um, my mind. Who didn't use the timeouts? Um, who did? I, I'm not sure if Deej ever did. He might have used one or two. I mean, DJ's uh, strategy was always the same, wasn't it? So. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I like DJ. Yeah. I don't have to worry about DJ. He knew what he was doing. You've got it, DJ. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'd agree with Kev. I mean, I think uh, I think a, a lot of the, the timeouts were basically about reaffirming someone's decision that they are about to make. You know, and just sort of running through the parameters. Have you thought of this? Have you thought of that? Uh, and and generally, you, you arrive at the conclusion that they are kind of coming to you with a preformed idea. I was genuinely surprised about two things in the coaching in general. Number one, the number of rules queries that you end up being yeah a bit of a bit of a mini sort of you know mini sort of judge on the whole thing. So I think both Kev and I's knowledge of the of the, uh, of the rule book. Oh, I learned so much. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, the stuff I know now about Ninth Age, I didn't know before because you had to. Um, you know, there were a couple of rule queries that I took to judges at one point, and 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 it, and, and the judges didn't know the answer to it. In fact, Andrew, you, you know, at one point you said it was it was something to do with your ghoul block about um, <clears throat> if they're poisoning on on five ups because of your attribute, but yeah. you're only hitting on sixes. How does that work? Um, and I so I went to to Leggy. Uh, well, I went to one of the the, the judges first of all, uh, one of the junior judges, uh, and asked about it. And um, he said, "No, no, I, I think it's this." And I said, "Are you sure?" And he said, "Well, let's go and ask Leggy." And Leggy said, "No, no, it's definitely even if even if you need to hit on sixes, you're poisoning on fives. So fives are poison hits." Uh, and then he went off, and he came back and said, "Matt, I think I'm wrong. I think it's got to be the sixes." So you know, I mean, it was even being questioned at that sort of level. So. Uh, that was that was really good. And the other thing that really surprised me was was how much time Kev and I put into basically putting pressure on the opposition to play to the time time frames. Uh, slow play it was uh, it was an issue, wasn't it, Kev? That was it. I mean, 
you think people have got four hours to play a game. For me, that's plenty of time. I could fucking have two games in four hours. <laughs> <laughs> you shove it forward and roll to start. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but so many games went right to the end. And so we'd have to, have to sit with them and watch them and make sure everything's ah. going quickly or remind players that, you know, you've got an hour left. You're probably not going to get to turn six to start thinking about that. But even then, like, we've got 10 minutes left and like, oh, we can get another turn in. You're like, yeah. you fucking cannot get another turn in. You've got 10 minutes. Yeah. We've got the score. Me and Hugh got our score in. I think we had something like 93 seconds left. Yeah. It yeah. was incredibly tight. Like That wasn't even the tightest by far, though. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, no, we, we, we're I, well, this is it. Yeah. yeah, so it just amazed me how long it took for people to, uh, you know, to play a game at times. I know that everyone's wants to be you know make sure their movement measurements are correct everything's in their arcs and all that get that but yeah it just it just, it just yeah threw me over I mean, the there, there were a few times when we were called over to sort of you know say look you know this is happening is this sharp practice and you know we we sort of say but you know mainly it was um it was rule queries and sort of you know confirming people's decisions uh and um and of course the conditions in 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 the venue were just <laughs> I mean, how hot was it there guys I mean, it was smoking yeah. hot, wasn't it? It only got so, hotter as well, didn't it? Yeah, they just kept getting... Oh, man, it was so hot. Uh, so, I mean, a lot of what Kev and I were mainly concerned about was making sure that you guys got to the end of the day still upright. <laughs> so was, well, there was, like, on the second day, on the Saturday, there was very much a conscious effort where we were having our little meeting and it was like, right, we're going to be going around with water. Make sure you've got a cup next to you. Yeah, you have to drink water before you get any beer. <laughs> like, and it's a fair point because, like, I think Matt said it. Like, you know, if, you know, you're thinking about this game that's incredibly complicated. You're trying to make decisions. You're stressed. If you're dehydrated, you just can't do that as well. And like, actually, I, I mean, it sounds like you know a bit of a joke, but actually, coming around with water every forty-five minutes. Oh, it was a lifesaver. It was. It's a massive difference. Like, I didn't feel great at the end of day one just in terms of like how dehydrated it was and then the other days I was so much better yeah next year yeah. get a bagpipe full of water there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah like on day two Dees didn't feel so good did he he was struggling a bit and and, and, uh, and he said well I really want a cup of tea so I was like <laughs> right okay mission like, you just don't see this stuff as a coach at ETC. You're like, oh, I'm going to be all like, you know, sort of talking about rules and stuff. I'm now running around, <laughs> running around Novisad, trying to find a kettle, <laughs> anything that boils water. And I went up to the guy, you remember the nurse? Uh, yeah. The nurse, the bloke who was with the nurse? Janet. I said to him, yeah, <laughs> I said, the box, why clean the box? I said, I've got to get some hot water. And he's like, no, nah, there's no hot water at all. Unless, of course, we get one of the water coolers and wire it up to the mains and we'll boil water in it. And that's literally what he did. You know, you said, well, you know, yeah, so no health and safety. So he just rewired this thing and it starts boiling inside this plastic thing. And it's coming out, okay, fair enough, it's not actually boiling, but it was pretty hot water, which I then put into a plastic cup with a tea bag that I'd stolen from Ed. <laughs> I gave these this cup of tea with lukewarm tea, and he was like, oh, cheers, Matt. That's really great. It's exactly what I need. Uh, no, I didn't see that coming. To be fair. Jesus. I didn't know that. Yeah, trying to get what to a hero, the man. Yeah, I really can't, and I'm sure we'll, we'll sing your praises later on as well. But I cannot stress how much of a help you boys were the entire 
the entire event. Yeah, I I genuinely would have not had as good an experience as I did if we didn't have you guys. Like you guys made a big difference. No, oh, cheers, guys. I suspect there was one instance, no. and I'm jumping ahead a wee bit, but when we played Montenegro, and uh, I had a... The guy I played was absolutely golden, top standard, um, but we had a bit of an issue because he was using uh, cardboard as a movement tree, and um, it was hard to tell where the angles were and stuff like that. We, we kind of couldn't decide, so we called uh, you and Kev over and his coach, and him and I went away and we had a wee chat, and you guys discussed it and we're going through the different scenarios and stuff and that just good because that could have been a bit of an argument or a bit you know tense or anything but it just took all the stress out of the situation you guys dealt with it and we went back and we played the game once a decision had been made and it was like it's stuff like that that if you don't have a coach or you don't have a coach that's good at to- to talking to people you know yeah um yeah. that just that can be a real issue no, well, easier decisions to do, I thought, because you're like, it's a bit of fucking cardboard, mate. I have no idea where you're yeah. on. It wasn't even like cardboard <laughs> stuck into stage, shape. By that stage, Kev and I weren't taking any shit off anyone, were we? <laughs> no. So we, like, we, we were like, right, what's the situation? And you went off with, with, with him and like moved away, and his coach came over. And the coach was like, yeah, call, call a judge. Go on, call a judge. He'll, he'll just say to dice it. I was like, dude. He's, got, he's using cardboard as a mass movement tray. We're not dicing it. There's no, there's no fucking way we're dicing this, right? Your guy's in the wrong. We're in the right. We're having the call on this. If you want, we'll go and get a judge. But you've got to lose. Back off now. And he was like, oh, all right then. Like, yeah, dude, this is awesome. Right. The players came back over. I was like, we've discussed it. And Scotland is in the right. <laughs> See, we had we had a similar conversation in uh, in my game against my opponent round three and his KOE because he was had a, a unit of skirmishing peg knights with no fucking tray. Oh yeah, he didn't even have a carbon That's tray. mental. That was... And what made that even more hilarious was the guy I was playing has a company that makes movement trays, That's... and he didn't yeah. even have one. I remember that. That was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was. It, 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 we, we actually got a judge over there, didn't we? Uh, yeah, Leggy came over and was like, basically, you you have to mark that unit, and if there's any discrepancy, we'll rule in favour of the other player because there's okay. you you don't have a tray and, and trays are a, a requirement. So, yeah, and that probably made the Montenegrin uh, decision even easier because you guys had already chatted to a judge about it. Yeah. Well, you know, we were just applying the rules. Um, Perhaps a little officially. <laughs> <laughs> it's in to be fair, fact, it's a, it, but, uh, it's a fucking movement tray. Like that's it's yeah. so. I mean, like we're talking about marking every unit before you move it, and some people do even have a fucking tray to put their minis on. Yeah. And then rule pack even mentions about skirmishing units having movement trays and how important yeah. it is that they do have one. There was yeah. a couple mental things going on with movement trays and people not marking stuff, and the, the amount of tables that you walk by and there was like full units without movement trays. It was just like, how has that happened? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, so we won against Wales. Hell uh, yeah, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, we won ninety to seventy, so it was a solid win against them. Very similar score actually to the to the finish. Just it just went in our direction. Yeah. So we finished minus seven on day one, which is actually all right. And then day two, our round three opponents were Belarus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I 100% underestimated Belarus because we played them last year and they weren't great. Um, to be fair, though, they had already played England at this point, hadn't they? Yes, and they'd beaten England. Fucking, they capped England. Yeah. 
so I'll just quickly go through my game. I played uh, the Sylvan Elf player who had the old tree list, which I put down as a green. And I was very, con- like, insanely confident about smashing this guy's face in. To the point where in their team talk I was, uh, I, I remember saying this very vividly, I'm going to smash him. I'm going to smash him. I'm going to smash him. I didn't smash him. He smashed me. <laughs> um, I just, I, I just hit him and just couldn't get through. It was like the four up saves and the uh, ward save, and it's stuff like I should have known about that. I just, I just underestimated that list, and I, I really fucked up in one bit as well because I raised zombies and I didn't realize about an overrun, and he managed to hit the zombies which I thought were chaffing him, uh, and he overran into the flank of the ghost star, and I was like, oh, that's a really bad mistake to make ADC. <laughs> <laughs> that's not great. Um, I lost that game sixteen four, I think. It might have been actually eighteen. No, I mean, it wasn't. It was bad anyway. It was bad. When you have a green and you lose 16-4, it's bad. But the guy was nice enough. Uh, it was just that I didn't play well and I underestimated him. So I got punished for it, which I deserved. My game was against uh, KOE. This is the second time. And, you know, you think you'd learned your lesson, right? So, like, <laughs> after the first day, I've been like, fuck, man, I had that down as a... As an amber, that should have been a red. Like, I really should have went back through all the pairings and double-checked that hadn't happened. Same thing, KOE. It's like, it's all right, Paul, it's just an amber. I'm like, fuck, I didn't have that down as a red. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same fucking list that you had. <laughs> so, uh, a super cagey game. He spread out... Oh, so that was an interesting thing. So, round three on our table was marching column. And uh, he dropped the first unit, and I was like, right, okay. It was a unit of yeoman, and he put it like three quarters of the way over on on a particular small edge. And I was like, right, okay, everything's going over there. And then I dropped something, and then he dropped something else. But he dropped it like, pretty much in the same spot on the exact opposite side, and I was, he, he dropped it, and I was like, it's marching columns, mate. And he was like, Fuck! <laughs> And I was, and I said to him, "It's all right. I'll let you redeploy your second unit." And he was like, "Can I redeploy my first unit?" I was like, "No." no. <laughs> so, like, to be fair, I totally could have fucked that guy. Yeah. And said, "Right, okay," and then let him get to his third drop and be like, "No, nah, man, it's marching column. You've now got to put every fucking knight you now own in like a twelve-inch gap on that side," and he would have been fucked. It would have been such a wide-ass move, but it would have been hilarious to watch. It would have been really funny, but I was like, nah, mate, it's okay. And this was the guy that didn't have the movement tray for his peg knights. But, I mean, beyond that, I felt like he was he was an alright guy to play against. Um, there wasn't much banter across the table, but I kind of felt that like, with a lot of my opponents. Like, people were nice, but people were just super focused on right. the game. And I'm not sure if it's language barrier as well. Well, this is I it. think like, that I was think a wee bit, yeah. It's a cultural thing. I think sometimes, like an English, naturally English-speaking person that could come across as rude, but it's not. It's just they're they're just being very efficient with their when they choose to speak English because they have to be because it's not their first language. Yeah. Um, but like the guy was fine. It was a thirteen-seven to him up until the last turn, um, and he got a fifteen-five, and that was the, the the one turn that he actually like was aggressive with his pig. Uh, hero guy so I was quite happy with that I felt like my turn 5 I played really well because basically I just stayed away from him all game and he was edging forward and forward and then my turn 5 I just pushed everything at him from all corners which meant that if he pushes 
and he doesn't break me with my unbreakable stuff, he's getting charged on his flanks. And at that point, he's got a real issue that stuff's going to start popping. Like, I was never going to get the secondary because it was hold the center. And I think he basically had enough points after, like, the third or fourth round. So I was never going to get it. But at that point, he was he was quite apprehensive about pushing forward. And it, it, he just kind of gambled on the last turn and got, like, enough points to make it a 15-5. But I was quite happy with that. I was just really happy I wasn't getting 20s in any of the games. I was like, you know, they're, they're bad matchups, but I'm still getting, like, five yeah, and six points. and that's what matters in the team environment. It's just about getting those points. Yeah. So... I don't didn't think it was a very enjoyable round. Again, it was kind of similar to like my first two games where I felt like I was having to play super defensively. But yeah, it was okay. Yeah, I think that's probably something that's worth picking up on is is you know the this breed of cause, you know, team spirit that you know you could genuinely see players like absolutely grinding for that extra point. Um, and they you know whereas perhaps if it was just for you, you might just collapse and go, oh well, you know, fuck it, I've lost, but. You know, you could really see the players like absolutely just refusing to give up a single VP, you know, let alone tournament point. And it was, um, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was quite emotional actually. Some points. You see that, Kev? Yeah, I think that was a tough round that one for us. I think it was a real struggle for everyone, and I think we were quite disheartened afterwards as well. Yeah, we got fucking. Uh, Yeah, we lost 116 to 44, so we got capped. I think Ed was the only one that won. Everyone else lost. I, the captain paired from himself to see yeah, did. Classic. Yeah, Ed. <laughs> it's good though. Like, see, it's hard to describe unless you you played something like that. But like, you do totally play for those points. And like, if you look at a table next to you and you see that you know the guy next to you is struggling, like you do push harder. It sounds stupid because it's you know it's you know soldiers pushing across the table, but um, there is a really Really cool team ethos, especially at ETC, which everyone bought into again this year. They, they did last year as well, and it was just great. It just makes the whole experience really fun, even when you're getting pumped by Belarusians. Um, but the upside. Them, then. Huh? I think you underestimated Belarus. I definitely did. Um, I think as a team, we probably did as well. I mean, I think there was a little bit of Ed and I. Like, we know that Anton, who's the Belarusian captain, is very good. And we kind of just assumed that the rest of them wouldn't be. Uh, but it turns out they the, were. The rumour <laughs> is, is that they are essentially Russia too. Is that correct? Um, uh, uh, yeah, it has been in past years. Like, but there was always a thing like there's Russia and like Ukraine and they basically take the piss and they basically fill all the teams. But I don't think that's that's really the case anymore. It might be still the case for Belarus. I'm not sure. but This is it. I think like playing in tournaments in the UK, like you don't really get a good sense of how good a lot of other countries are and what the standard's like. Like, you hear about certain countries, you know, doing well and, you know, repeatedly having very strong performances, but, like, a lot of these other teams, like, when do you ever hear about Belarus as a name-to-age community being of a certain standard? So it's very hard to gauge, like, how good you think they're going to be. I mean, for me, when we talk about the standard of countries, like... To say, like, oh, they got, you know, Belarus capped England. Like, when I heard that, I was like, oh, shit, Belarus must be very good. And it's because in our scene, like, England are consecutively, like, probably the most... They've got the biggest age communities. They've got the biggest pool of players. So they're the, the most consistently performing home nation. Yeah. 
by, by some but margin. Grand scheme of things, it's like a big fucking deal. Like, so what? Like, England didn't have a great performance at ETC this year either. So, like, personally, I, d- I wasn't like going into any of the rounds being like, oh, it's Belarus, it's, it's just going to be fine. But, like, I think that's just a testament to, like, how varied and how good the ETC is because you do get exposed to all these other countries that play to a quite a high standard. Um, well, which is another reason to go and check out the, the singles event. Well, Belarus had uh, the top-scoring player overall in the tournament as well. Did they really? Yeah. Uh, that shiny guy who beat D20-0. Oh, uh, yeah, that's Anton. Yeah. 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 So, you know, he obviously knows what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the plus side of losing badly to Belarus was that we got to play the Dutch round four. Yeah, I was excited to play them. When we heard that we were going to be playing them in the next round, I was like, oh, that's going to be a good laugh. I think they were going to be a good team to play. Oh, it was amazing. I, I loved that round. Um, that was probably my favourite round of ETC. Playing it was <laughs> definitely our favourite round, wasn't it, Kev? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you wonder, should we go first as to why that Yeah, was go for it. Go on. <laughs> okay, so after the pairings are done, and you know, you guys all like bugging off to your tables to do setup and stuff. We went and sat with the coach at the end, and uh, he just came and sat down next to us. He was like, "Hi, you know, I'm the coach," and blah blah blah. And he just he had this um, he had this backpack on, and he's put it down by his feet, and he opened it up, and he pulled out a bottle of vodka and a bottle of snaps. And he's like, Do you guys want a drink? And we were like, "Yeah, okay." And he just plied us with the finest alcohol, didn't he? It was just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, when they, when his uh, players were calling him over, he was like, "Nah, deal with it yourself." Kevin <laughs> <laughs> and I are like running around like blue ass flies, and he's like, "Why, are you, why are you running after your players like this? Just sit here and get drunk." And we were like, <laughs> "We'll just take one go." <laughs> well, he had um, they had Wales the game before, I think, and they submitted their scores like seven minutes late or something, and got a big penalty. So oh, yeah. he might be in yeah. a bad mix with the rest of the team. Yeah, 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 he was. He was upset with them, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, they were upset with him, I think. Mm. Uh, okay, Paul, how did your game go? So I played against uh, Reiner and his Sorry Agents, and uh, this was probably the most fun game I had because I was because I'd I'd played quite a bit against Martin before going to ETC, and Martin plays a lot of Sorians, and he knew that the list I had can do quite well against them. So I was like, right, this is an amber, but I'm pretty sure. There's an opportunity here for me to get more points than like settling for a ten. And it had the Alpha Carno, he had two Taurosaurs, and then it had a bunch of like flappy birds kicking about, and I was like, that's fine. And then I think he went first, and he just pushed up. I made this is one of the games I did make two mistakes that cost me big, but it was such a fun game. Like he pushed up, and then I was like, shit, that that. One flank is going to be an issue because he basically managed. I forgot that one of these units vanguarded because he had like four units of birds, two uh, different types, and I think I got some mixed up. And then I was like, "Shit, they can vanguard." Okay, then now behind me, that's a problem. Like, <laughs> that's probably not good. <laughs> yeah, his his alpha carno like moved up and was like thirteen inches away from like a unit of wretched ones, and I was like, mm, "I'll take that charge." <laughs> so I was like, "So they went in turn one." Which was glorious. Did five wins. <laughs> what? Actually, Holy yeah. Did, well, I got like reroll to wind off, and I think I might have got like minus one res off on him as well. Was, he, was, not, like, was he not playing the game? Was he not paying attention? 
I think he was well. I had snipes and stuff, so I think he was like stopping other things, like trying to put hellfire on a monster or like sniping out his quattle or something. And uh, yeah, that that was amazing. So like that one round of combat, I did five wounds. He did like two wounds back. I actually won the combat, and then he stuck. But then like round two, like the alpha turned up and like absolutely wrecked the fucking unit with multi wounds. But then I actually managed to kill it. I only had to do one wound left. And with the buffs up, I was like, that's fine, I'm going to get one through. And uh, So that was a pretty good point straight. Unfortunately, one of, one of the main mistakes I made was, because of how well that went for me, I thought that his two Taurosaurs he was going to put into that combat to make sure that he killed the Wretched Ones. Because if I kill that Carno and they're still there, he's fucked. Yeah. But he basically charged past that combat and got into my Forsaken Ones, which would give him an overrun onto my wizard. I was like, shit. I oh, no. <laughs> I just did not see that. I didn't even consider he would even do that because of the other combat. But it was a super bloody game. Like, uh, And we ended up drawing the secondary. So he did win. I think he won, I think he won like 14-6. So as an Amber, it wasn't terrible. But like, it was such a good game. Like... There were combats everywhere. Like he, he was a really good guy to play against, and he had a really nicely painted army. So there was a lot of banter in that game, and we swapped shirts. He was one of the guys to swap shirts with because I had a really good time. So I did enjoy it despite going down. But uh, yeah, probably my best game, most favoritest game of the week. Nice. I think How this. I think it's probably my favorite as well. Actually, yeah. I had a lot of good games, but. Um, I played the the beautiful Denny um, and his vampire accounts, and I had this down as an amber, and it was going to be a ten ten. I thought, but I think it was was it uh, spoils of war this one? Uh, yes, it was. Uh, so I dropped early and basically just jumped on the objectives, and there was no way he was going to get them off me. And um, De- Denny said he wasn't feeling very well because he hit it too hard the night before <laughs> so after we deployed and I pushed really hard he was like um, I think maybe you're going to win this and I was like yeah I think I probably am and he's like okay how about I'll give you an 11 if we just um, have a fun game because I'm not feeling well and I was like Denny you're a nice guy I'm not giving you 11 <laughs> and he's like okay wait a minute let me talk to my coach and he had to like drag his coach away from the alcohol and the coach was not happy to be, happy to be talking about a game and his coach was like, no, there's no way you're getting an 11 out of this. <laughs> yeah, and, and then there was like this, this there was a, 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 like a boardroom level like uh, negotiation. Yeah, there totally was. I, I got so Matt and Kev over and we were like saying, right, okay, I'll, uh, let's say I win 15. And they were like, no, 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 you're not winning 15. And then it was like, oh, okay. And they offered a 13 and they were like, oh, no, 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 no. How about a 14? And then they, everyone looked at each other and they were like, right, okay, 14. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So that's two games you managed to talk yourself into quite good results. Yeah, but actually we we played it out and I did win. Yeah, 14. with that one it was a bit more legit. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely felt better about that one because I felt like I didn't just you know take it off. But um, Denny was an absolute pleasure to play against. He was so nice. He was. Like, he was so ill though. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was really not doing well. Looked 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 sick. Yeah. To be like, fair. Every ten minutes he was like, "I'm sorry, Andrew. I need to. I need to go to the bathroom." <laughs> Like disappeared, <laughs> um, but he was just a lovely, lovely guy. And at the end of the game, he was like, "That that was a fun, that was a great game." Do you want to swap shirts? And he's like five foot five. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I'd love to do, but I think my shirt's probably going to be 
too big for you and you're just gonna be too small he's like no no no, it's a large it's a large and i was like oh great okay <laughs> so, so sh- small shirts and mine's just like skin tight <laughs> but that was uh that was a great round i really enjoyed that game i think as a round as as a team we definitely needed it because i felt like the belarus round was quite rough yes quite tent. i, I think cause that there wasn't a lot of banner like you said for the belarusians as well it kind of felt a bit like playing against the wall a little bit yeah and then the dutch just came in saved the day Gave us a good win and made us smile. <laughs> like, oh, we got beat, mate. Did we lose? You a good win, Andy. <laughs> oh, sorry, I was just caught up in the high of winning. <laughs> <laughs> no, we went down that round, 97-63, so it was the same result we got against Finland. Oh, shit. See, this oh, is it. Apart from the, the gubbin we got against Belarus, like, all of our rounds are pretty tight. Yeah. This is like standard ETC, like, the, the point swings are really quite tight. So yeah, that was a really good round, and that was the night we had pizza, wasn't it? Second night. That was that was really funny because we were in the car and we're like, right, we need to find food, pizza, and then like two seconds down the road, it was like, shit, there's a pizza place. This is ideal. So it was we parked so up good as well. We we're like, right, we can't beer. Where are we gonna find beer from? Two minutes down the road. Oh, there's a beer place. Great. It was just like, it was amazing. And it was yeah, super it was like, cheap. It's like, it was. We were in the car. We just like anything you wanted turned up so he's like oh let's get pizza there's a pizza place and there's beer and there's like oh let's let's go look for hot women oh mate the level is it time to explain big game hunting now yeah go on it has to be Matt that explains it right it does <sighs> well I mean okay so if you've never been to Eastern Europe before but in particular to the Slavic nation so you're probably missing out on one of <laughs> the world's great hidden treasures because they have got and it's weird but only in the cities they have got a huge stack of enormously attractive women. Now, I'll grant you the distance decay effect as soon as you leave the city <laughs> is immense. <laughs> in the, the second you're outside of the city limits, it drops off to zero. And also, there's the biological time bomb effect that as they get older, they, they lose it very quickly. They get, they get shunned out of the cities into the countryside. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, could, you could drive through the centre of Novosad and within two or three minutes see well it's, it's not unlike driving sort of through a uh, you know a, 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 a sort of Victoria's Secret catwalk it's just we're in real danger of developing a whiplash <laughs> yeah so get over there get over there everywhere <laughs> so every morning we drive over the over the bridge sort of into the main city and we sort of say, right, okay, safari starts. <laughs> and there's the first customer of the day at three o'clock. It was Blonde the bridge. The it was, that was the... <laughs> oh, that it was, was like believable, the, wasn't it? Yeah. It was mental. Yeah. As soon as you hit the bridge, they were everywhere. Yeah. I mean, health and safety, they definitely don't do. But attractive women, they've yeah. got that nailed down. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, mad, mad get recommendation, visit Serbia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not without its charms. Yeah. So that was uh, round four. Uh, we'll quickly blast through the last two rounds and then we'll, we'll talk about general stuff. Um, so our round five was against the one and only Montenegro. Yeah. And Paul, you had the absolute pleasure of playing Alexander. I did. And, uh, I was secretly hoping he was going to smash you. 
because he's trying to say, <laughs> oh, like, come on, Alexander. <laughs> Just validate your life choices. No, like, um, again, like, it's kind of similar to like, when we found out we were playing the Dutch. I kind of felt like, oh, Montenegro, they'll be a good laugh because I heard good things about them. And like you say, especially the captain who you guys had met before. And it was Beast Herds, and I felt quite good about Beast Herds. I think that is an army my lists can go up against pretty well. And I got a 16-4, and I was nice. fucking thrilled. Because, yeah. awesome. again, like, that was one of my objectives. It's like, as long as I get one solid win, I kind of feel like I'm doing okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, but psychologically, <laughs> I kind of feel like that's still acceptable. And... Uh, it was good. I mean, it should have been a 19-1, but it was breakthrough, and against Beast Terrors with multiple ambushers, you're just never going to win yeah. fucking breakthrough. Um, and that's what got on the floor points, was these guys just got into my other corner, and there was just no way I was going to get them. But it was great. Got all these minos, killed all these characters. It was, he literally just had two ambition units left by the end of the game. And I was quite happy with how I played it. There was... I think he felt he was unlucky a couple of times, and he might have been, but in my mind, I was always going to win that game. Like, I probably should have won it a, a turn sooner, because I remember saying to Kev, like, all right, they're all going to charge in, and I'm going to be fine. And then I think you came back, and you were like, did that warrior unit fill that charge? I was like, yeah, they needed, like, five, and they rolled four, or something, bullshit like that. Infantry never make charges. Fuck. Oh, fucking shit. <laughs> but, um, no, I felt I played quite a good game. I was really happy with the result, and the guy was a pleasure to play against. So that was good. Nice. I played UD. I took UD bus again. Because, um, like, going into this round, I was thinking, like, I've lost my first three games. I, I need to win my last three to get any kind of, <laughs> like, feel good about yourself sauce out of this. See, this is this is why having lower standards is a good thing because oh. you just win the one game and you're like, woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> everything's so good. Um, and then I got drawn against UD and I was like, oh well, might as well just enjoy this game. Um, and the guy I played against Darko was again absolutely golden. Uh, we had a really good game. Um, I think I played really well that game, and I managed to cause a bit of an upset. I got fifteen five out of him. It's awesome. Uh, which was yeah, especially because like. The guys were going up and down the, the tables and there was a couple of very dicey games and to be able to turn around and say you got 55 out of red was just yeah, that, that was like doing like cocaine right there. I was like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a, a tough and round And you know what? It, it, it yeah. spreads. It spreads, doesn't it? When, you know, you go, Andy's turned it around. Come on, let's go. And then suddenly the boys just back up for it as well. Uh, it really spreads it in a way that perhaps the players didn't really kind of get it but we saw that didn't we Kev you know when yeah. you said you know look, John's done just done this or you know Ed's just made a charge and suddenly the lads are up for it if Andy um, can win you can all win come on <laughs> <laughs> I think in that round we had three games that were still playing with like 10 minutes to go yeah I think it was yeah, like Tim Ed and it might have been John or someone so it's getting really really dicey like we've got to get the fucking scores in boys and it was just Tim left to go we like and they finish with two minutes left, and you're like, let's fucking top the points quick, I've got to end them, we're going to get a penalty. Yeah. And it, anyway, yeah. 
results wrong. Yeah, yeah do you remember? We were, we were adding it up, weren't we? And, um, yeah. and you were sat there with, ready to stick it straight on the spreadsheet. And then we were just adding it up, and it was like they were, the people counting down going, nine, eight, seven. <laughs> and it was like, right, 37, go, bang. And you stuck it in, and it was like literally with like five seconds before the, the deadline. It was... Um, yeah, it was, it was quite uh, it was quite confusing. But I entered the results wrong anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I gave us thirteen points and then yeah, well, seven. Well, I was we won like eighty six but... or something, but no, it was eighty eight. But you see, because yeah. leg, leg, he's a good lad. He let us turn it round and do that. Yeah, he did. It was a penalty for that. That was lucky, but that was fucking hairy. That one with so yeah, many games. That was hairy. Yeah. yeah, that was a slow play game as well. Do you remember we had to go literally sit by? to the table and just put yeah, super yeah. pressure on the game. I mean, to yeah. be fair for Tim, that was probably good because you guys could serve as like a fucking interpreter because at this point... Tim oh, I lost his voice. Oh, that's my highlight. That was my highlight of the whole oh. ET. Tim's voice. It was. I was playing next to Tim. It was like playing next to fucking Beaker from the Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to... He was getting so upset. Oh, the guy he was playing against was taking the piss off. Sounds like Beaker going mental. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was unfortunate so, that the like, two games, we... the two games that Tim played on the last day, he played against two quite difficult people, and yeah. he was he was trying to explain things, but he sounded just ridiculous because <laughs> he had his sore throat. Since you can't talk about this, and he's like, "I'm going to charge there," and the guy was like, "What?" So he lost it a lot after the Friday, didn't he? His voice yeah. just completely went, yeah. and he could only be high pitched. It's the disaster just... effect. He just like invites it upon himself. He must have yeah. done terrible, terrible things in a past life. <laughs> Uh, but yeah. that ended a draw, didn't it? It was eighty eighty. Yeah, it was. A it draw. was. Which is quite nice. I quite like when stuff like that happens. You get a good team, and uh, I'm alright with that. Um, yeah, I won my game. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last round, uh, we were drawn against United Nations. So I was a little bit annoyed about. It. I wanted to get Serbia. Everyone else got to fucking play Serbia. Why don't we yeah, get yeah. Bottom table trampoline. That's a guaranteed <laughs> cap, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Fucking not fair. So it was Wales that ended up playing them last round, right? Well, yeah. and England had played them before that as well. Yeah. They just all trampoline straight off them. Yeah. We should say that. Like, I think it was the last day. Was it the last day? And it was like the bottom four tables, and it was like Wales, Scotland, and then England, and then like two tables before that it was like Ireland. Like all the home nations were yeah. like right down the bottom. This was not a good DTC for the home nations. <laughs> it wasn't at all. <laughs> I think we we now tell the most story. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Go on then. I I only got told the, this. I think Matt's probably the best person there. Well, uh, yeah, because I, I drifted over to watch it because obviously I'd seen I'd seen Casimir playing this this young lad and I played against Alex who was kind of like uh, sort of you know keeping an eye on him and uh, he was playing Mo, uh, a long time player out of Cardiff, uh, now living in LA and living the LA lifestyle. Some of the stories he was telling me were like, I was like, my, you know, my, I, I like to think I'm a man of the world, but Mo was making me <laughs> shocked. <laughs> and um, Mo sat there and he's he's played he's played Saurians and he's up against this kid who's also played Saurians, but his Saurians has got three big dinosaurs. And Mo's basically, yeah, I'm going to take him off, but I'm going to do it gently because I'm a decent bloke. So he pushes forward and this kid declares four big charges with all these all these monsters in this big block and Mo's face just completely went ashen and he looked up at me and I said to you you alright mate and he was like and he, and he, he was obviously you know Mo, Mo, Mo's obviously of Pakistani origin and, is, and he's got a Welsh accent and he just looked at me and went 
if he gets him, <laughs> holy fuck. <laughs> 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 and I stood there and he watched and the first the first one got in right the first tour one got in <laughs> most jaw like it's the deck <laughs> and then and then I, I, I was praying for the rest to get in but none of them made it <laughs> it was a re- yeah Mo was just like man everyone has just battered this child through the singles and the ETC and he so nearly took me off because it would have gone straight through his bunker and out the back, and um, <laughs> it was, it was just like, right, that's it, go back to LA. <laughs> Never coming back. <laughs> oh man, I was the end of myself. Yeah. So funny. I know. Jake Courtney made him cry, didn't he, the little kid? Yeah, he did, yeah. 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 Without even yeah. rolling the dice, he just heard what the uh, Killy Duke Lord says, and uh, that was it. <laughs> I don't want any of that. When I got told like, about that game, oh, that. Oh, I think it was Raph that told me, or it may have been Felix. They just came up to me. And went, Jake just ruthlessly twenty'd that boy, <laughs> like, and the boy was just standing there crying. I was like, "Oh, this is bad. This is." <laughs> like, I don't... Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, he was just. I mean, this boy, a little mad. I mean, he just really didn't know. I mean, then he was it, 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 Jake. Jake was saying to him, "Yeah, so um, every time he does wound, uh, he's do three wounds, and then every time he does wound, he does another do three wounds." And... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's like, it's a staring at him going, but, 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 and he's like, yeah, 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 I know, mate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take him off. <laughs> Should have given the kid a fucking beer at that point. Well, they won best sports, didn't they? Because, like, yeah, oh, they had to. Yeah. And, like, absolute fair play to the, bo- the little guy, because that would have been a hard shift for him. And I'm not really sure that ETC is the best place to blood, you know, a young player like that. And I hope that he didn't get put off the, by the experience. Oh, but he did have fun. Um, oh, but, I mean, that look on Mo's yeah, face I mean, was, was worth was, all the pain. Talking to the Serb guys at the end, and they were really great guys. And I said, you know, got to see you next year at, at Luxembourg. And they were like, well, you've got to be honest with you. You know, it's just too expensive for us. We can't afford to go to Luxembourg. And, and that was the first time it really struck me that, you know, that's actually a, a bit of a shame. Because I, obviously I voted for it to go to Luxembourg, because I think that would be awesome. But... You know, they were saying, you know, we genuinely can't afford to do that. Yeah. Uh, and and that was kind of a really great thing about ETC was it kind of brought together a really wide range of people. Uh, some of them were extremely sexy and, um, <laughs> <laughs> and some of them less so, I guess. <laughs> right, let's quickly bash through this last round then. All right, so we were playing Team UN. Um, Paul, who were you playing against? I played against, I believe his name was Marco. So he had a VC list. I had this then as a 10-10. So we deployed. Didn't think my deployment was great, but that was one of the advantages of my list, was that if I drop and just... If I don't think the deployment's going well, I just drop first, and then I can effectively redeploy in my first turn, because everything's got quite good movement. But he kind of turned to me and was like, so 10-10? And I was like, oh, 10-10. So... <laughs> That's uh, That sounds kind of appealing. So I just kind of felt like it's the last game. The guy said to me, so he's uh, a Spaniard, and he obviously plays in Spain, and he knows a lot of the, the Spanish team, and he wanted to go watch them in the last round because they were up in the top tables. And I was like, well, if you're going to give me 10 points, that's prediction. And if you want to go check out your friends playing at the top tables, I don't really want to say no. So I checked with the coaches. They checked with Ed's. They're like, can you try and squeeze like an 11-9, maybe a 12-8 out of them? But he wasn't having it, so I just said, fine, we'll take the 10. 
and then we basically like packed up. So we basically got all our shit out, employed it, and put everything back in. <laughs> but like the guy was nice enough, had a wee chat with him, and then it meant I could like wander around, check out some of the other games. Um, so the the last round was super chill for me. Nice. I also played you? a Spaniard and Team UN. I played Diego. There were a lot. Of, there, there was there, there was three or four of them, wasn't there? Oh man, because I thought like Team UN, I'm gonna get some jabroni. I'm gonna finish the tournament on a high, smash them. I got Beast Herds, which was a green for me. I was like, this is gonna be great. What a way to end the tournament. I'm gonna get my three wins. This is a redemption. <laughs> and then within the first five minutes of talking to him, he's like, oh yeah, I play with the Spanish ETC guys all the time. Um, I kind of want to get this done quickly so I can go watch them. And I was like, oh, he thinks he's going to smash me. This isn't good. <laughs> I've misread, <laughs> I totally misread this one. Um, but that was a really good game. Diego was the absolute pleasure to play against. It was really quite tactical and tight. And probably if that game had been earlier in the competition, I think I would have played well because I made a lot of mistakes that game. I think just through fatigue. Uh, but it was a really good game. Uh, I definitely threw away points. I had an instance where I sent the my unit of five spectral hunters to go chaff a unit of minotaurs because he had he had to take a frenzy check which he failed and charged. I was like, this is great. He's going to hit them and then I'm going to charge him in my turn, take him off, and I'm just going to start mopping up points. And he did something like eighteen wounds to the spec <laughs> to the spectral hunters, and they saved all but one. Wow! On a three up magical attack. So what ended up happening was that he stayed exactly where he was and I chaffed myself because oh, the Spectral yeah. Hunters didn't die. And I was like, ah, oh, why is life pain? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a good game. And I actually ended 10-10, which was totally fair. Um, I actually think he played much better than me in that game. I think I was kind of lucky to get that in the end because uh, I definitely made mistakes. But uh, yeah, that was that was ETC. Yeah, so we did pretty well. We got, we got a win in that round overall. We did. So what was that score? That was 97.63 to us. 97. Whoop, whoop. So, overall, we finished 30th out of 36? Yeah, not great. Not great. <laughs> not great. Um, it was alright. Yeah, so what did you think overall? Overall, <coughs> I kind of felt like... Personally, I felt in most of my games, I played okay. I was, I was pretty happy with my performance overall. I think... Two of my matchups should have been reds, not ambers. So that might have changed whether or not I would have been paired into them. Um, but saying that, I never got 20s. Picked up points in all my games, which I was really happy about. I thought we were, like, I think the Welsh, the Finnish guys, the Dutch, and the Montenegrins, on the whole, were, were really good teams to play against. So I think we were quite lucky there. We got good opponents. The, the gaminess wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but I did feel it was there. And although it wasn't necessarily in my games, just seen it in other people's games. So I think that is a legit thing, but it's definitely the minority. And it's just like bad luck if you get paired into that. Totally. It's not something that's affiliated with a particular country. It's just the individual, and that's totally the case, whether you play ETC or you play here. So it's that's just how it goes. So I don't think that's a criticism of the ETC as a whole, I think that's just something that comes up in tournaments. And I think, by and large, everyone that was there was up for a laugh and having a good time. So, all, all in all, I thought it was really good. I was really happy I went. Had a good time. What did the coaches think? Because it's, um, it's an underrated job, and it's a hard job, and you guys did a great job. So how did you feel the, the ETC experience was for you and the coaches' share? I really enjoyed it. absolutely loved it. 
I think it was a, a fantastic time. Even though it was a lot harder than I was expecting. Like, day one, lol, this is this full sense of security. And like, oh, it's just fucking getting a book out and have a look at some rules. <laughs> this is easy. And, um, and then you're like arguing over millimetres with people using fucking bits of cardboard or, <laughs> you know. And then non-skirmish units started moving trays and like, things like that were, that was tough. And just when games went to the very end and me and Matt had to sit there for a whole game. And it takes one of us out of the action. So while one of us is watching just one person's game, the other one's got to run around seven people's games and, you know, do what we've got to do. So, yeah, it's very, it was very tough. It really was. I did enjoy it, though. I had a great time and thoroughly recommend it. And it's just so interesting doing coaching. You see the game from like a completely different point of view. I think to when you're playing a game, when sure. you're watching someone else play it, you just see it differently. Yeah. How many times were you wondering about looking at what we were doing and thinking, why the fuck is he doing that? There's only a couple of times I saw that. <laughs> I, remember, I remember Tim's Beast Lord, like Minotaur Lord, running about on his own when he's surrounded by two Doom Wheels. And I'm like, why the fuck is he on his own? He's going to die. What is he doing? But yeah, I remember you came over and told me that. And then you, 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 you were livid. You came over and said, you won't believe what Tim's doing over there. And, and then you went off and came back and said, he's fucking dead. Tim <laughs> 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 just shot him off. Yeah. yeah, and Tim was like shocked that he shot him off, and I'm like, "What's the fucking Doom Wheels doing with it? They're dead. <laughs> <laughs> Anything multi wounds near him is gonna die." So yeah, just yeah. like you know, you can't go and interrupt everyone's games, can you? But it is fun watching them from afar. Yeah, That's amazing. No, I mean, I, 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 I'd echo everything Kev says, but I mean, I think the thing that that, that I, I was struck by was was how tiring it was. And not, not just for us, but, you know, the, 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 the boys are absolutely shot by day three. You know, and I, I said at one point, you know, this is a marathon and it's about being able to perform over three days. And, and there's nothing like that in the UK where you're expected to, you know, sort of continuously perform out under that level of pressure for that length of time. Uh, it's a real it, it's a real test. It's a proper test. Uh, you know, of your your mental concentration and your your constitution, uh, and um, and frankly, how Team Ireland even managed to keep going. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, They're animals. Yeah, I mean, day two when when was when they were asleep under the under the desks and under the tables and stuff, and I was just thinking, I I, I actually don't know how they how they're coping, especially with it's the. Hard. It's really hard. But the yeah. humiliation of losing the tug of war to us as well. Well, <laughs> that's my third point. We failed to mention the most important thing that happened in the entire week. <laughs> <laughs> it was on Friday night after day one where uh, we went to the uh, yeah, the organised social, didn't we? And um, it was uh, yet more meat. <laughs> because Various flavours of base, <laughs> Whatever you order. You get a burger. <laughs> <laughs> Serbian plumbing must be like nothing else. Man. That must be like the best fucking plumbing yeah. in that country. Absolutely, yeah. So we went to this um, this very well, what what appeared to be a very nice sort of Renaissance building out the outside, but it turned out it was just a bar with a burger shop on the back of it, uh, and there was um, there was the traditional burgers and, and stuff and, and lots of pivo to be. To be to be drunk, but they 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 organised um, the the organisers had set up various games like um, uh, you know arm wrestling and singing contests and stuff. But we had as a team entered the um, 
the tug of war. And um, <laughs> so uh, it, it took place on what I presume was a volleyball court in the dark. It was founded by... <laughs> it was a patch of grass. Was it? It was just a patch of grass out back. It wasn't even a court. But it was sort of surrounded by railings, wasn't it? And passers it was just a fence. were just watching. And, and obviously all these players came out. And, uh, and, and so all, all the teams had entered. There, were, there must have been about 20 teams that had entered. But we got called out first, didn't we? And to this day, I've got no idea who we got first round. Uh, whoever they were, they, they, it was their pick. It was oh, a marathon of a fucking... It was one yeah, of the uh, 40k teams. Yeah, I can't remember which and team it was. Just, uh, I mean, I, I've been in a few tug of war over, over, over the years, but I mean, it must have lasted what two, two and a half minutes. It was, it was like by far the longest rounds. It was yeah, legendary, it. though. It, it was, was so, so good. good. Yeah, and I mean, totally went. I mean, I just fell over and was immediately sick on the floor. And it wasn't <laughs> alcohol, so that was, I was absolutely shattered. Because you were I mean, all we fucking barreled over. And oh. it was like, everyone was like, yeah, you won. And you were like, no, we're doing it again. Never no, doing it again. And people were coming up and be like, you're in the semis. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. Yeah, I think, yeah. Because at one point, Tim, who was right behind me, just had his feet against my, 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 my boots. And um, I, he was just shouting. My, and Gio was right up against me, just shouting, come on, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> and it was absolutely epic, and they weren't letting go either. And my heart was beating like a fucked clock. <laughs> I was like, I'm 25 years too old for this. <laughs> yeah, it was epic. And then, of course, the real highlight was smash them. We battered Ireland. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even close. Oh, dude! By contrast, that was that was a walk in the park. That fucking yeah. Edge, right? like, we just, just ripped them straight off their potato feet. Didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they went straight onto the floor. They were not happy about that at all. So, yeah, so they went out heavy drinking again and slagged us off from their podcast. So we're <laughs> Nothing better about that, okay. I'm better about it. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> and then we got put out in the uh, the semis by Australia, right? Oh my god, they fucking don't know any of their names. I'm sure they're lovely people, but one it of them was fucking massive. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they were units. Yeah, they were units. One guy just—he must have been about Andrew's height, but about twice the weight. And he just stood there at the back, holding the rope, being like, "Yeah, you're like you're like tied it round his waist." <laughs> it's like, I'm not getting that off him. Of he genuinely had it round his like round his hips, like pulling on one end and leaning into the rope, and just being like, "You're never going to pull me off my feet." <laughs> yeah. He probably could have just did it on his own, to be honest. Probably didn't need the other six people on the rope. Uh, we we gave him a good run for their money, but they were uh, they were head and shoulders above everyone else, weren't they? Yeah, yeah I said funny. after him, I said, "You must have played a bit of rugby in your time," and he said. Uh, yeah, well, that's uh, not rugby, but I yeah, I played professional basketball because I mean he was huge, yeah. was absolutely massive. But um, yeah, I, 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 that 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 for me was kind of one of the highlights as well. I enjoyed that. That was a good night. That was a good night. It's good fun. So that kind of brings us to the the end of the etc segment. I guess the last thing we really need to do is just what were your main takeaways from it? Main takeaway was it's a great event, and I would recommend it to anybody regardless of what you consider yourself to be as a player like if you've got the opportunity to go go because you'll have a great time and i think the main thing is go and represent your country having a laugh with the the group of people that you're with 
and just enjoying it as a holiday. Like there will be pressure to perform as a team. Like you don't want to let your your team down when you're in a game, but you're there to have fun. And I wouldn't let that detract from wanting to go and participate. Um, it was a great event for me. I kind of felt like for all that I tried to practice as much as I could beforehand, probably didn't practice enough. Like, if I was ever going back, I would really try and get way more games in. I would probably try and be way stricter with myself in terms of preparing because I think that's just what made the the matrix and trying to assess how matchups would go that bit more difficult because if you've only played against an army, you know, a handful of times, it's just really hard to, like, judge how those totally. games are going to go. And, I mean, that's the fundamental basis for which is going to decide who you play. So just getting that practice in and trying to get as much experience as possible, like, as I say, don't let that, you know, put you off. But, like, treat that as a, a, a great opportunity to become a better player. And, like, when you come back from ETC, even if you've not gotten the points you hoped you would get, you'll be a, you'll, you will be a better player. Like, you'll pick up on these little good habits that we're talking about that you get just from playing those six games that you'll take into every other game that you'll play. And it's a great event. Like I would definitely love to go back. I, I doesn't look like I'm going to make it next year, but I'd love to go back at some point. What about you as a returning player? How did it kind of compare to last year? And did it just kind of reaffirm your I'd, impressions? Like, oh, it was really good. Like, I had a blast this year. Um, and it, it's weird. Cause like, both last year and this year were good, but good for different reasons. Like last year, it was the novelty of going for the first time, whereas this year was like basically going like with all your pals, and yeah, it was great. Like I was, I was, I'm a bit disappointed about how I played, like because I feel like I didn't play particularly well, despite having played pretty well in the lead up to the event. But you can't really put yourself over the coals for that too much and the beer was really good so <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had a, I had a blast uh, I thought everyone bought in it everyone kind of played their part there was no attitude problems you know there was no bickering or anything um, it was just a fantastic fantastic week I would definitely go back I'm guided I can't go next year uh, but with just real life getting in the way uh, sucks. Um, but I'm definitely looking at things like the the Dutch singles event and thinking, oh, oh yeah, yeah, maybe get across to that because especially because the Dutch were great. I'd love to play against some of those boys again. Is that uh, the the big one that Henry's involved with? Uh, no, nah, that's Denmark, isn't it? It's Denmark, yeah. Um, the Dutch one, I can't remember <laughs> what it's called, but um, they've got a big singles event every year. It's, and I think that? it's called Spliff Hammer. <sighs> what a name! That has to be the name now. I am there. <laughs> I'm all over it. Kev's won it for the last 16 years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been looking at stuff like that, and I think maybe, um, depending on what the situation is in the new year, I might try and swatch a little foreign tourney. Wait and see. See what I can convince the missus of. Uh, hey, you guys, Kevin. Yeah, any final words from the coaches? Matt. Uh, I'd say like I was really happy with my performance in the singles. I thought I did uh you know, middle te- middle of the pack, I was very happy with that. I could have done a little bit better, but overall, yeah, didn't do as bad as I thought it was going to. The main takeaway is don't get as pissed as I did in day one. I got absolutely <laughs> fucking wanked. That was a mistake. <laughs> it's such a big sort of, you know, 
pinnacle of gaming. I really should be getting this wasted. But then that's part of the fun, I suppose. You see, Kev, you don't come across as drunk when you're drunk. You yeah, I thought you were pretty yeah, alright. There's no, there's no discernible difference. Oh, fucking... <laughs> I remember nothing about that. You know, really? After about 2 o'clock on that Saturday. Uh, no, Wednesday. Yeah, no, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> that day just went... And that wasn't even the day that you gave away your kilt. No, it wasn't. That was <laughs> Oh, yeah, so we should say it. So the last day... Kev was kicking about in his pants. <laughs> he'd given away his kilt to one of the women that worked at the the tables that were recording all the scores, and uh, he was literally kicking about in pants with like little bulldog clips holding his junk in, so that nothing was going to like fall out. It still sounds perfectly reasonable to me. I, don't... <laughs> I mean, it was certainly hot enough. And I oh. thought that was the main reason until someone told me, oh no, I gave it to someone. <laughs> <laughs> she said she wanted a kilt, so uh, yeah, have a kilt. I mean, it's only logical that you take yours off and give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have any spare ones, did we? So there you go. Fine. John did, yeah. to be fair, he could have had that. It's John's basic one, it's like 100 That was the one he gave to Deej. <laughs> yeah, Deej wore it like a toga. <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, I'd say it was, um, it was, it was much more accessible than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be very exclusive, really sort of difficult crack, and it wasn't. It was very accepting and, and very open. I thoroughly recommend people get involved. The quality of the play at the top end is outstanding, yeah, uh, and that's remarkable. And it's well worth seeing top players practicing their craft. Uh, and it's just a great, great oh, man. I love being part of a team. I'm a team man. I love teams. Um, and, you know, Ninth Age Warhammer is a bit of a, a solitary affair more often than not. Uh, and it was great to be part of a, of a group of fantastic blokes. And I had an absolute ball. You know, I'm not going to lie. It was a great week. Totally enjoyed every every moment of it. All I will say is that I've always followed it like on Twitter or on the forums and whatnot and what goes on at ETC. And I was like, how do you only play two games in a day? To, you know, that's crazy. You know, you got fucking a whole day and you're only getting like yeah. two games. Yeah. But when but you're there. It was so intense, what? wasn't it? it oh, mean, absolutely. We kicked, like we, I mean, the last day we kicked off at about eight o'clock in the morning or something insane, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, and we were into our usual routine before we'd even sort of blown the froth off our first beer. It was like <laughs> 11. And then suddenly it's four. And it was, it was, you know, I mean, I, I thought coaching was going to be a bit boring. Not a bit of it. Not no. a bit of it. Yeah. I'd recommend it if anyone wants to give it a go. I'd totally do yeah. it. I've got to admit, I would quite like to do. Quite like to do it one year. It's a, it's a lot of fun, definitely, without any of the pressure of actually having to play. Well, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, I'd quite like to go and kind of just be able to just survey a bit more and do that kind of team role rather than the player. Right. So, since that was such a lovely way to end it. Um, before we go, we've got a very special game, which everyone can play at home when they're listening. This is going to be called the ETC Coat Game. I know it's catchy as fuck. So, basically, what's going to happen is Paul is going to read out quotes which uh, players in Team Scotland said over the course of the ETC, and um, Kev and Matt and myself are going to try and guess who said what. Okay, I'm just going to go lock myself in a room where my wife can't be. <laughs> Why? <laughs> this is going to be, for people that obviously don't know people in the team, then, you know, they're fucked. But I think 
for the people that we know from like our scene and stuff that does know some of us, some of these will be tricky. Um, it's going to be really hard for me to read these out and not laugh. <laughs> I was reading some of these earlier, and like I just have instant flashbacks, <laughs> just because depending on how you know I read these out, then a lot of the humor obviously comes from the context, and some of these were just they just came out of nowhere. Some of these quotes, which just made them like even funnier. Are you doing uh, accents, Paul, or not? No, no, well, that'll give it away, right? <laughs> yeah. Can't do that. Um, Matt, are you in a safe space? Yeah, <laughs> I am now. I'm you in, I'm not in the or something. <laughs> okay, go <laughs> You're doing your best Harry Potter impression, right? <laughs> right, we're ready? I feel safe. It's my safe place. <clears throat> okay. okay. I'll start, right? This is the first one. Shit, I'm laughing already. Okay. Girl with the big boobs? <laughs> <laughs> That's not all about Wait there. I know which one it is. I think they were plastic ones. <laughs> not a big fan of the big boobies. Well, that's not me. <laughs> oh. Right, Kev, what's your guess? Brad. You think Fraz said that? Yeah. Right, okay. uh, Andrew, who do you guess? It's Guillermo. Yeah, it's Guillermo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I certainly grew out about that one. I'm still dead. James. Not a fan of the big boobies. <laughs> he he only likes shrimps. He <laughs> uh, <laughs> said it's so deadpan. Which was just, and it was, like, it was great. Do you know what? Some of the, some of the funniest things that happened in that week was when Glemmer just... Oh, he was like the dark horse of the week. He was just so funny all the time. It was the car (laughs) journeys. Like we should have had a a fucking like recorder in the car. We had like comedy gold. Next year, that has to be a thing next year. Yeah. Okay. Next quote. Right. Next one. I think she's a two. I reckon she's well old. Crikey. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, I'm going to say that was me. Okay. okay. Kev? Oh, Andy. Uh, <laughs> Andrew? Was it me? Uh, no, I'll, I'll say... Shit. I think it's Tim. Okay, it is Tim. <laughs> oh, so two, two for two. The context yeah, on this one was against the old ones, isn't he? Well, we were. This is when we all went out for dinner. We went to that nice restaurant that turned out they only sold burgers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everyone yeah, ordered chicken and burgers yeah. came. <laughs> yeah, we had a conversation with the waiter, and it was their hunter's surprise chicken kebab, which was <laughs> a burger. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh-huh. So we're sitting, and there's like a kind of table. You know, maybe about 20 feet away, and there's by and large middle aged individuals sitting at this table. But there's one woman wearing all white, really long black hair, and I'm sitting next to him. And I said, Do you think that's that woman over there is quite good looking? And he was convinced that she was like in her 60s, not attractive. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, man, like, I think there's potential there. I think she might be quite nice. So that was basically a response to that. Um, and then and there followed 20 minutes of people trying to like take photos of the river 
inconspicuously to go have a look and see if she was a two or not, and see if Tim was right, because he was adamant that he was right. You say people, it was me. Um, <laughs> I walked over, started yeah, the room. I was trying to help you, Paul. <laughs> I was trying to do nonchalantly, so it was like, oh, yeah, this is the guy over there taking in the views. But no, it was, but it, it was pitch black. He couldn't see anything. He was taking photos of just like darkness. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shit, I've came too far away. It's shit now. Never mind. Right, okay, the next one. If we walk like this, we won't get bummed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know the answer to this. <laughs> I think it's Fraz. Matt, who you guessing? You guessing? Oh, I know it's Fraz. Yeah, because it's Fraz. as as he grabbed my arms and we pressed our bums together <laughs> and he and we scuttled across, <laughs> across the town square <laughs> like a crab with four legs. <laughs> if we walk like this, we won't get bummed. I don't it recall was, the context. It was it was, very it was actually outside the restaurant. So on the drive to that very nice restaurant. Fraz was like, why the fuck did Ed book this restaurant? It's down, like, Rapey Avenue. It was in pitch blackness, driving out the city. And uh, it was basically just a comment about, we're probably going to get bombs trying to get in this restaurant. Oh, uh, Fraz, he's quality. Next one. He's keeping score. You know how many you've got right? Oh, yeah, I thought that was the quote. I was like, I don't remember no, this. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, I was like that. I've got, um, I've got one. Badly. Uh, and got, he's on three, Matt. I've got two? three, yeah. Okay. Next one. I like the 40k one, and they're C3 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I know the answer. <laughs> I know the answer. I'm having a flashback. No, I see, I, I, I don't have a clue here, so I'm just going to punt out there. I'll just say Tim. Right, okay. 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 Andrew? It's Kev. Kev? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I knew now. it was you, Kev. I was just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> right, explain yourself, Kev. <laughs> she had no secret pants. Uh, it's not much more to explain. <laughs> <laughs> If she oh. was at the 40k, yeah, uh, bit of a hold, you know. Was this one of the cosplayers? No, she won't be on the bar, the Princess Leia one, really. <laughs> this is the bar that was like a good 10 minutes walk from where we were playing, so you had to go there on purpose, there was no chance you, you were... had to, yeah. <laughs> no, they did coffee, that was why, the other ones didn't do coffee. Oh, okay. Jasmine uh, didn't do coffee. That's what you wanted. Fucking 40 degree day. And I just walked over. Oh, man. Next one. Next one. What's the one where they piss on the fish? (laughs) 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 Matt? Do you guess? Sorry, where's the one, or what's the one where they piss on the fish? What's the one where they piss on the fish? (laughs) That sounds like Ed. Ed's always, always worried about people. <laughs> ah, he's always going on a bit. 
pissing on things. Right, Kev, what's your guess? I've, I've no idea. I'm going Deej. Why not? Deej. Right, Andrew, what's your guess? Hey, that's me. That is you, yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> this is us talking about the uh, the drink that the Finnish guys were offering us yeah. before the games. Because it's one of them where it's like the fermented juices from the fish. Um, but to ferment the fish, they piss on it and leave it underground to ferment. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Icelandic one that they do that. Yeah, it's Iceland where they do that. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's nuts, isn't it? Imagine drinking that crap. But like, I said that really loud, and everyone kind of just turned around and looked at me. So, okay, whoops. <laughs> okay, next one. Dinner milfs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's only got one person. To say yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, what's you your guess? shout at the same time. Uh, is it Guillermo? Yeah, it's Guillermo. <laughs> this was another statement that just came out of nowhere. <laughs> it just came up and said, they've got milfs. <laughs> they have milfs. But it was funny because the way he said it, it was like the way the kid says from the, that movie, you know, I see dead people. <laughs> it was, there are milfs. It was almost like a warning. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. The next one. The first game against Germany. I was drunk. <laughs> Andrew knows that one. Yeah. No, but yeah. That, 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 this is more of an admission, is it? As well. Yeah. I yeah. did. Wasn't this in in <laughs> under cross questioning that he said this? This was the restaurant that we went to near the house where we were staying. Yeah. The the, the poshest restaurant in Novosad. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when they had that um, massive bug zapper that like we shot ourselves every time a bug landed on it because it made like a massive yeah. noise. Yeah, well, uh, I'm going to go with Guillermo again. All right, Matt's and Guillermo, Kev. I'd have to go Guillermo as well because I think Fraz was he was too pissed to even turn up to the Germany <laughs> practice, weren't he? <laughs> oh, this is the this was at a this was at a meal at a restaurant. Yeah, this was we were talking about the games. Oh, okay. I'm going to go Fraz, fuck it. You're going to say Fraz? Andrew? I'll say Guillermo. Yeah, it's Guillermo. Oh, boo. And that was really funny as well, the way he said that. That was... We're gutting ourselves. Just <laughs> out of nowhere. Just like, you're just talking about games and stuff and charges, and he just turned around and said, oh yeah, I guess, Jeremy, I was fucking drunk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next one. The cum. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Was this when when, uh, Nessie was under construction? This was, yeah. (laughs) Now, you see, Ed and I had had split by the stage. We were in the uh, grown-up flat at this point. Oh, yeah, this this was at like two in the morning or something before the first round. Yeah. Yeah. But, But yeah, I know we did this one as well. Kev. Kev. It can only be G, can't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's G. For anyone that doesn't know, there's a video on the uh, EDC Team and Wildlands page of Guillermo creating the team mascot, Nessie. Just watch that. It, it, it tells you all you need to know, but you'll, you'll figure out <laughs> yeah, why there are, that There are other comments. pictures yeah. of his finished products <laughs> floating about as well. He still has that. He brought yeah, it to the uh, strength, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. I hope so. Um, I'd, I'd just like to point out that a quadruped with a penis that size couldn't <laughs> run anywhere. 
<laughs> he doesn't need to. He's got cum. <laughs> that's 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 his method of locomotion. Is it? <laughs> he just shoots off. <laughs> Propels himself through the air. <laughs> right, last one. Filthy bitch, mother bitch. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Frankly, this could have been anyone. <laughs> Tricky one. Filthy bitch, mother bitch. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, France. Andrew? Uh, it's Guillermo. Kev, what do you think? Tim, fuck it. Nah, it's Guillermo. Oh. <laughs> Man, he found the answer to half of these. Well, because he just, he just, the material was so good. I mean, <laughs> there, there's probably a, a lot of other quotes that we would, had never got written down that G came out with that week. It was amazing. <laughs> but that that specific quote was um, Guillermo was talking about insults. Because in Spanish, there's an insult where basically you say, like, you're a disgrace to your forefathers. Father or something? Yeah. And it's like the most insulting thing you can say to someone in Spain. And uh, Guillermo tried to translate that into English and, and use it when he was in games when he was talking to people. And people were just looking at him confused because it wasn't insulting at all. <laughs> so then he kind of started trying to make up like, <laughs> offensive things to say. And uh, he came up with, yeah, mother bitch. <laughs> now, see, that's a sad reflection on like, our society, isn't it? When the most offensive thing that a Spaniard can say doesn't raise an eyebrow. And he's desperately trying to search for things that will offend us. <laughs> I think there was definitely a translation error there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So that brings us to the end of the show. <laughs> on, on that note. I guess the only thing that's left to do is thank Kevin Matt for coming on again. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, boys. I've really enjoyed it. It's uh, always a great time speaking with you, boys. Well, absolutely. Get yeah, you no, both on again. Cool. Awesome week, and uh, yeah, yeah, it was good to reminisce. Yeah. I want to I fucking just... go back. I want to go back now. <laughs> <laughs> this is bollocks. And just to repeat what we said earlier, like you guys were total like MVPs the whole week. Hundred like, percent totally made the, the week easier on all of us and if you guys weren't there I can't imagine what it would have been like it would have been nowhere near as enjoyable certainly the car journeys would not have been as fun <laughs> and we would have been duking out with Serbia at the bottom absolutely <laughs> no, well, we, I think we had fun didn't we Kev right? it was, oh, uh, I mean, Kev and I have been banging around the scene for a while and um, you know we're good, we're good mates uh, around Manchester and stuff it was, it was just great to get away and uh, you know, make 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 good friends and have an awesome time in Serbia. So, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Be a part I'm, of your I'm, awesome I'm, part. I'm, I'm addicted. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it was a pleasure, absolute pleasure. And I'm sure we'll get more uh, travels and things in the future. It's only a matter of time, really. Um, so before we finish up, uh, we do need to promote our own tournament, which is coming up. Uh, Siege yeah. of Strickland is going ahead. Um, it is going ahead on the 7th and 8th of December? Question mark? Yep. Yeah, yep, nailed it. Right. Nailed it. Yep. Um, we are accepting sign-ups now, so you can sign up on the form. It will be a two-day, four-man team event with five custom scenarios. Uh, we have been sponsored by the lovely Gary of uh, Dark Fantastic Mills, who make absolutely awesome terrain. Check them out. And they also make amazing trophies. 
so you'll be sure to wear some lovely gubbins if you come up. Um, these lovely gentlemen, Kev and Matt, are playing. So if you want to meet you know the legends it. themselves, come on up, <laughs> sign up. Uh, Paul and I, <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be great. Um, we are looking to run it as a four-man team. We just need a couple more sign-ups to guarantee um, to make sure that we've got enough uh, teams for rounds, if that makes sense. Um, so please do sign up. It will be a fantastic laugh. Uh, Paul and I will be doing a post-Strife show at some point. Yeah. Uh, even if we kind of attach it to another show, because uh, that happened a couple of weeks ago. So we'll, we'll be doing a rundown of that. And uh, yeah, we'll... Thank you to Paul for being my co-host as ever. Uh, thank Thanks, you for Matt. The, thank you to the boys for coming on again and being excellent coaches. And we will catch you in the next one. Take it easy, guys. Bye. Thanks, guys. Cheerio.